This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that is still buzzing after that Conor Gallagher goal. Well done to Graham Potter for winning his first Premier League match in charge of Chelsea. But this is Chelsea, so we didn't make it easy against Palace. Poor defending meant we were 1-0 down after seven minutes and Silver can count himself lucky in not seeing red. Uh, As serendipity dictates, he was mysteriously on the edge of the penalty area minutes later when he nodded Rhys James's 40-yard long ball down to Aubameyang, who swivelled and stuck it away to score his first goal for Chelsea. And it has to be said, a proper striker's goal. Have we accidentally acquired a proper striker, I wonder? We shall find out later. Anyway, Chelsea huffed and puffed and weathered Palace's storm in the second half, and it looked to be petering out for a 1-1 draw when Conor Gallagher, who came on for Mason Mount on 76 minutes, cracked a beautiful shot into the top corner. Other than that, the best thing about Saturday was the much-needed win. It seems clear that it will take some time for Potter to figure out his best side, especially with the likes of Havertz, Jorginho, Kovacic and Mount in poor form, and Sterling and Fafana still settling in, and Chilwell coming back from a nasty injury. It also seems clear that he'll have a job on his hands to move the players on from defensive brain farts, backwards and sideways passing and slow build-up play, and not being clinical enough in front of goal. Although the signs are already positive given the number of long balls played on Saturday. Basically, this is all going to take some time and we'll have to be patient. But can we? And can Todd Bowley? Who can say? I feel like a Twilight Zone moment going in there. But there you <laughs> are. I should have, should have done it in the style of Rod Sterling. Anyway, the title of tonight's show is something I'm very fond of, actually. But I shouldn't really say that because it's not particularly nice. Passive Aggressive. Chelsea Fancast number 900 and... 34. Uh, we have the wonderful, I'm Sam Chidge, obviously, but the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Jonathan, my mum, is the queen of, as AVB would say, 
passive aggressivity. Yes, yes, yes. But explain how this is relevant to the uh, to the game. Because I thought, um, okay, I will. Because this one does take a bit of working out. Actually, I mean, you know, most of mine are, you know, so bleeding obvious. It's it. We don't doesn't need any. I like that though. I like the obviousness. This one, I'm confused. Okay, by. well, why passive aggressive? Because this is Chelsea at the moment. We we're far too passive for most of the time. But when we're aggressive, we look much better. And I thought that that's how we basically played against Palace. You know, when we were passive, they were much better than us and we looked like shit. And then when we were actually quicker, were more aggressive, I thought we were better. So I thought it was an interesting play on the word. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And it also that coincided with the uh, the away crowd getting behind the team as well for that little bit. Of, well, you, uh, only you would know that of the uh, yes. yes. It all went up a, a, um, a decibel or several decibels. Um, no, it was just interesting because they the, the uh, they had a a very purple patch when um, uh, we thought they'd score again, Chelsea. But then it sort of fizzled out a bit, and lo and behold, uh, and I have to say this with um, I don't mind saying it was set up by Pulisic, who uh, came on and did a, a neat little dribble. We're going to get onto that later. Meanwhile, who have we got on? Who have we got on? I don't know who have we got on, J.K. Who have we got on? Um, we've got on. Uh, Wordsmith, uh, joke Smith. I love his uh, stuff on Twitter. Um, uh, um, uh, trust um, celeb, wrong word. Trust um, stalwart and uh, yeah. and excellent um, media bloke. Give me on the trust. Exactly. Yeah. And the uh, and, and terrific at, um, at at being on television and radio is of course the excellent Dan Silva. Well, what introduction! I've had him up to my um, billing. But most important of all, my mate. Yeah, yeah. our mate. Good to see you, man. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I know. Well. I saw you last night, but it's it's good to see you back on the show because it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it's great to be back. Talking good. about all weird, which has been you know long time coming for me because I think I've only seen this lose. But anyway, it's, an, it's a win up the shelves. Well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit weird because we just haven't played for a long time. That's really what's been going yeah. on. But it does feel. It does feel very a long time since we uh, saw Chelsea win, so it was very nice to do that on uh, on uh, Saturday. I mean, I know you you weren't there, were you, Dan? Uh, Dan no, I wasn't. Uh, there. Were you watching on a dodgy stream like what I was? No, I was actually walk, walking around Oxford with some friends. Okay. And I got about ten. What's get in corner? Uh, I was well like, done. yes. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, like I've managed to found a stream which was uh, enough for me to enjoy the guys working most of the day Saturday. So I was up in my office anyway. So I watched on that. J.K. of course was there, and I'm, he will bring on the show tonight um, a particular insight that you can only have when you are actually at the game. So I'm looking forward to hearing J.K. talk about all of that. So right on the show tonight in part one, we're going to discuss the Gallagher and the Aubameyang goals, uh, Silver getting away with it, uh, our shaky defence, and our moribund midfield. Uh, no bias put in there by me whatsoever already. And part two, uh, we look at the future for some of our underperforming and fringe players. We ask, will Zakaria and Chuck, whatever his name is, get a chance? Uh, we also ask, what will the, the win mean for Potter? How much pressure is he under? And how much time will he need? How much time will he get even? But anyway, now we've got another game coming up on Wednesday, of course, because uh, we're going to be playing AC Milan. And in part three... Uh, we have an old friend of mine coming onto the show to preview the match against AC Milan on Wednesday, and it's Sheridan Bird, who, uh, as uh, you, some of the keener of you will know, was the first person I had on the Chelsea first Chelsea fancast we did many, many fourteen years, seven months ago. Anyway, 
Uh, Sheridan's gone on to great things, unlike us, and uh, he's now a Serie A uh, football writer and broadcaster. So there we go. And he know he knows his football in in Italy. He knows Milan very well. So, in, and so he'll be in part three. Part four, we'll do our own preview of the match, like we kind of do on a Friday. So there you go. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live live every Monday, seven p.m. And uh, of course, you do that by going to mixler.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. Where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as many of you do. Of course, you can uh, always tweet uh, at Chelsea Fancast. Or actually, I mean, you know, at Chelsea Fancast is the the ting for all the socials. So just go there if you want to get in touch with us. So there you go. Um, who have we got in? JK's left bollocks in. Kent, the lovely Kenroy is in. Uh, Mikey, uh, Bob, the lovely Bob. Stick, Stick is in the house. Stick stick stick, 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 yeah, great, great. Oh, I love having stick in now. So there you go. Uh, he's, he's, he's already. He's, he is. I think he's probably what I would call a, an obsessive poster. You know, it's not a bad thing. Is there somebody called J.K.'s left bollock? There is somebody in there. I actually thought it was you. Actually, did you? I thought you because it's the kind of thing you do. You, you know, yeah, is it you? No, it's funny enough. It's not me. But I'm very pleased that somebody is okay. is. It's almost being me. I love it. Yeah. Thank you very much, whoever I, it is. Thank I wasn't, you. I wasn't making it up. I was, really wasn't. Uh, we got Donal in there. We got the lovely Di. Now, Di, I've got a bone to pick with you. I was hoping I might see you last night at the uh, the evening with Kerry Dixon, because I know you're in the manor. So it would have been lovely. Well, relatively in the manor. It would have been lovely to have seen you. Um, and you missed a cracking night. Actually, we should talk about that before we talk about the football, really. Um we had a lot of fun last night. Dan was there too, and uh, Mark Meehan and Martin Wickham, and of course JK and I did a show and a Q and A with Kerry. It was really good fun, wasn't it? Fantastic. Kerry is really great. If anybody hasn't seen him, it's really worth coming along. His stories are fantastic. He's got this uh, this 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 delivery that is 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 that of a comic. You know, he he'll he'll lead you into the story and then uh, wait for a second and deliver the punchline. He's he's very canny, very on the ball, and some. Some really great stories of the era, and uh, and responds to all the questions with um, that he's given with um, with with great truth, great truth about it. he's not mucking about. It's uh, it's a, it's really worth worth coming to see him, and he's he's a really nice guy as well as the other things. So uh, you know, it works on so many different levels. He's really accessible, really funny. Um, you know, and if you ask him whatever question you ask him, he'll 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 go for it. You know, yeah, he's very honest, isn't he? I mean, when he when he's when he's in good company, you know, and he's and he's because he's quite wary of uh, if he feels he's amongst friends rather than there's going to be somebody there to put it out on social media or the press are there. He's very he's like us. He's very very forthright. He doesn't fuck about. I quite often I mean when I, I mean I speak to him most weeks as you know and I'm nearly always arguing with him about something to do with football. So he's quite opinionated and argumentative. But I think and that's great. That I said he was like I found him on the way home and I said oh, was it was it all right? Was it all right? I didn't upset anybody what I said. I said mate, you know, you were absolutely 100% authentic and honest and you have views. You have strong views. And I said people, all the people I know who go to football, that's what they like and want. They don't want people sitting on the fence getting fucking splinters up their arse. And he said, oh, right, OK. You know, so it was great. And, Dan, I thought I thought the venue was great. They were lovely, weren't they? And it's, it's quite small, so you can only get about 50 people in there, which I think is not a bad thing. Yeah, that's no, great. It's very intimate, very nice. You know, Kerry is authentic. He's got great opinions on, on what scale with the team at the moment. He, yes. He's played the game. He knows it. He doesn't, you know... He doesn't sugarcoat anything. There's no bullshit. You know, says it how it is. It's always about you know. His thing is 
players win matches, not systems, not formations. It's players that win matches. That's always his whole kind of ethos. But no, it's great. It's a fabulous venue, friendly, good beers. Just really, just a really nice way to spend Sunday afternoon. Mm. And Kerry just say, you know, meeting your heroes, you know, it's just great because, you know, he's everything you want him to be when you meet your heroes. Exactly, you know, funny, engaging, polite, just yeah, really, really good fun. Yeah. I be, I think we're going to do more of these. That's I think that I think it worked well enough uh, for us to do this. I, I mean, I think the plan is we might do them one a month. You know, get an ex-player along to have a natter with us on a Sunday afternoon at a really lovely little venue in Chelsea and uh, and talk football and drink with them and uh, enjoy each other's company. So uh, you lot out there, particularly those. Well, for those of you who are listening to the show who did turn up, I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you for coming to support us and Kerry. That means a huge amount, and I and I'm and I'm I know you enjoyed it because most of you pretty much said all of that when we were there. For those of you who didn't, I'm not going to be horrible and say shame on you. I'm just going to say you missed something that is potentially going to be really, really good. So keep an eye out for our postings and stuff, and come along to the next one and those thereafter. Right, uh, we are now uh, after a very long. Uh, it's only been an. I think this is the, the longest introduction we've ever done. Actually, I should be kind of proud of this. It's nearly twenty minutes, so that's quite impressive. Uh, we'll be back very soon to talk about the football. Right. Okay. Now, um, J.K. Uh, is uh, you know he's higher up in the hierarchy tonight by virtue of the fact that he was there uh, yesterday. Uh, he told me a very very funny story. Uh, by the way, actually, I know I was talking about the Kerry do before we went to a quick break, uh, and I will be releasing our talk, about me, Kerry, and J.K.'s talk about the Palace match uh, as a separate podcast um, about the same time as I release this tonight. And I, I, I mean, you know, it, we, there won't be much crossover because JK always goes off on a tangent, immediately speaks to him. And Kerry's even worse, I discovered. Kerry is worse than JK. Who fucking knew? But anyway. He, he admitted it, though. He did. He, he did. Yeah. I know. Bless him. I just, that's, at that point, I just gave up and said, fuck it, let's talk about whatever we want. Anyway, um... Yeah, you were there, J.K., and you loved the atmosphere, didn't you? Yeah, it was terrific. Well, I, I, you know, I think everybody's trying to get behind the side. It's always these situations. You know, they're not they're not looking for him to fail. They want the team to do well, and they're looking to see. All of us were looking to see what he might do. You know, and I was thinking, who's going to get in? Is somebody else going to get in the side? And in the end, it was very predictable, other than Fafana, um, who was obviously going to be in instead of Dave, because we were worried. But may I say, Chidge? You got the team absolutely right, absolutely phenomenal. I think for the first time ever, I have to say. No, but, I think, uh, no, no. I got a, got a two call one once. I think once, once. But once. I don't know if I got the formation right. To be fair, I didn't have a much four at the back. I, I, I couldn't quite work out what it. I don't think. Don't think. Don't think. Do you remember Dan? Did, did Sky Sky came in with something else? Didn't they? They came in with uh, saying it was it was a five, and then uh, I thought it was a four. And the trouble is, if you have a four and you've got Thiago in the middle, he's he's it's it's he needs the protection of the wing yeah. back. really does need that um but i was i was actually behind a pillar 
which is what you get at Palace. Well, I didn't absolutely know Pete shit, there. Sorry, sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. I'm saying I didn't know Pete Trenter was there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes, but um, and there were, uh, um, but it, it, when we scored the goal, you know where you are when everybody goes absolutely berserk when we scored Connor's goal. I mean, Connor's goal was great, but also it was pent up, you know, because we were we'd all resigned ourselves to one one. Actually, we were thinking, well, I suppose it's a decent start, but he was very pleased because he never won against. Um, Against Palace ever we with Brighton old um, uh, old Potter so uh, but I, I you know we're watching the game we were we're all looking for it to work you know we're all supporters we're not looking at it to fail we're all looking at it for we're looking at the side to um, to try and play differently as well and I felt that the the things that we discussed yesterday were there were more long balls than usual which was to get Aubameyang involved there were more people in the box more players in the box than usual uh, and um, the ball for periods was played more quickly but we were still still having the same problems which everybody noticed and the sort of little bit of frustration came into the crowd as well when you know poor old Mace came um, headed wide when he should have actually hit the target and uh, I, th- I thought was that was a shame that it was a it was yeah. a good header but it's not a good header it Very goes past to be fair um, can, can, we, can, can we talk about connor's yeah. goal because i i yeah. I nearly yeah. wet myself in excitement i mean and i was only as i was sitting i was actually sitting in this very chair jk watching on my computer and yeah. uh I mean, I didn't wet myself, but I did run around the room, nearly cracked my head open on the fucking wall there, because <laughs> I was just so pleased for him. I love this kid. There were so many things going on with it. It's the yeah. bring plea for him. It was the fact that he scored against Palace and the fact that we won and the fact that it was a shot from the edge of the area, which nobody was doing in the game and nobody managed to actually get a shot on target properly. And that was the other thing was the frustration of the same problems having as people taking too many touches in the area. But no, it was um, it was we, you know, one hopes that this will be uh, the start of something for him. But nonetheless, I I still see him as coming on as a... As a um, well, we'll see. We'll a, see. As a sub, personally. Who knows? Moment. I mean, this is the thing. I think, actually, you know, if I can summarise everything that you said there, um, I would say that there's... It's, it's a bit like I said in the introduction, really. There's, I think they're still trying to get to grips with what's going on. It is going to take some time. Dan, my thoughts on the Connor goal. Like JK said, I, I, I mean, and he said it, didn't he, in the post-match... Uh, talks and stuff that it, it you know it's a it'll hopefully be a springboard it's a real confidence builder two things i want to think about and i know that you know i may be popping what's it a bit early here but I, I really do think having watched a lot of him at palace last year i spent ages if you remember when mason broke onto the scene saying oh you know he's got he's quite lampard-esque and and then i kind of decided well actually he's not at all this kid i think is I think the, he could be, I mean, you know, he's not Frank Lampard, he never will be. But if there was to be a second coming of Lampard, I think Conor Gallagher could be it. Because that was a Lampard-esque goal in my book. It was, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> right time, right place. I think he's got a, probably a better engine than Lampard as well, because he gets up and down. Great finish, great goal. I mean, Potter was very enthusiastic about him after the match, saying he's got a great attitude, he wants to play, he wants to succeed. It'll come a point where he'll make himself have to play himself into being a starter. Because I think, you know, keep showing the right desire, right performance levels. And we've got a baller. I mean, Palace, Palace fans absolutely love to. We've got great um, evasion coming into the game. Great evasion at the end when he scored a last-minute winner. Really? So he's, he's, you know, Did you yeah. think he was right not to celebrate it? See, for me, I, I think you celebrate, it doesn't matter. I think this whole, as Kerry did to last night, which we put out on the socials, bollocks, you score for your team, you celebrate. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, I mean, I remember when David Luiz scored against us at Paris Saint-Germain. He went mad. Well, okay, he scored a goal. Yeah. Doesn't matter what he's done for us. You, you want your players to be support your team. You know, it's holding you respect. For, for me, it's like the vast gravy to quote Tony Glover. I just yeah. think you score for your team, you celebrate. It doesn't matter how, you know, your history. I'm listening, the odd exception, you know, Lampard when he scored for Man City, that's different. But, you know, Conor Gallagher's had, you know, 35 games with Palace. First goal for Chelsea, the team you support, the team your family support. Fucking live it for the moment. Oh, celebrate. Know. Go to the fucking crowd. Get a booking for jumping to the crowd. Yep. You know, drop you your shorts, scored... take your shirt off, do the whole nine yards, mate. You'll never score your first Premier League goal again. I'll come in from a completely different angle here, and I think he got it absolutely right. I think the fact that he'd had such a wonderful time there and he got such respect from them, and the fact that the Palace fans clapped him off at the end as well, uh, I thought was uh, absolutely marvellous. So I, 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 I get it. I think he's been he's been brought up that way, which is it. He he didn't really know what to do. He'd scored great respect for the fans and. Uh, he didn't. He didn't not celebrate. He still held up to each part of the ground. He did put up a hand, you know. Yeah. So, uh, 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 but I, I think going over the top would have been too much. Maybe exaggeration. But I think it's like when Lampard scored for Man City. He's almost like lost. Like, oh, what do I do? Almost apologetic, wasn't it? But I, 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 I'm, I'm just thinking. You score for your club. You yeah, celebrate. No. Uh, Dan, I'm, I'm with you, mate. You know, I mean, and that's fine. We're all different, and that's that's exactly how it should be. Um, I, who was that bloke um, who played for Tonga, who played for Arsenal and then Man City, and then Adebayor? Was it Adebayor? Yes, it was, wasn't yeah. it? See, that's what I'm talking about. You know, run the entire fucking length of the pitch to celebrate in front of your old fans and incite a riot. That is the way. That is the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, because he was that. Adebayor got dogs abuse from Arsenal supporters, so you know that was his like. Yeah. I just, I just, I just like seeing players celebrate goals, regardless of you know. There's that great gag, in fact, that Kerry made last night, wasn't it? That he said that what about Nicholas and Elka played for yeah. nine different sides and probably scored against all of them. He said, what was he supposed to do? You know. But having said that, I remember what Anelka didn't really ever particularly uh, celebrate much. He just did right. that strange bird thing every yeah. time. Remember? My favourite ones. Um, Mario Balotelli said, "Well, you know, does a person celebrate when they deliver letters? It's my job." Stupid fucker. Do you remember Ketz Bayer, that bloke at Newcastle? Who, who, oh, he kicked the board, didn't he? Yeah, he kicked the advertising. Yeah. Like, took his shirt off. That's what I want. I want a bit yeah. of that. Drop your Love shorts, that. take your shirt off, run around the pitch. And go. That's what I would do if I had bloody school for Chelsea. Now, listen, I'm not knocking Connor because, I mean, I, I, there's a part of me that can understand where JK's coming from. And he's clearly a very classy bloke. But, mate, I'm sorry. You know, if it was me, I'd have been all over it. Now, we had another goal that was also very pleasing. I mean, the Connor one was so pleasing. We had to start with that. Uh, as JK did, in fact, on his on his fan bite. I took my lead from JK, in fact. Um, but I was actually particularly pleased uh, to see uh, Aubameyang score his first goal for Chelsea because it gets him off the mark, and we know how important that is. But it was such a great goal. It was a proper, proper striker's goal. But the question I have for you, JK, is what the fucking hell was Thiago Silva doing playing in the number 10 role or whatever beside him to nod the ball down? We never found out. Because it wasn't actually, just after a corner. I said to the bloke next to me, I said, was that Silver up there? And he said, no, I think it was Chilwell. I said, I don't think so at all. He said it was Chile doing his normal thing, just going to the penalty and heading the ball. I said, no, I think it was anybody real. And I, I, I offered it to several people around me. And why was he up there? They had no clue. Nobody had a clue why he was hanging around up there. And, of course, um, uh, uh, the poor... The poor guy um, was injured as a consequence of his um, climb, wasn't it? Yeah. Climb, yeah. 
Yeah. And um, in that moment when the the, the stretcher bearers came on, uh, yeah, Aubameyang did, had the Antonio Conte song um, sung to him. Aubameyang, Aubameyang, Aubameyang. And he turned round and and touched his 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 heart and gave a thumbs up. He was it was uh, I love it when players are moved by the the new crowd yeah. celebrating the fact and accepting the fact that um, they've got a a, a a guy who scored a completely monster goal, fantastic oh, goal, fabulous, fantastic, fabulous, such a good Proper. finish, quick turn, Proper. finish, bang! It was it, it was in the goal, full keeper moved. That's what you want from your strikers. His movement was incredible, bit of space, bang. Goal. That's what we need. That's what we lacked. You know, we we said it. Uh, I mean, the last time he bloody played a meaningful match, but um, I think it would have been. Was it? Was it? Did he play? It was. was uh, he played against uh, Zagreb, and he was shocking because he just really landed. Uh-huh. Did he play against West Ham? He did, didn't he? I, I thought think... he. I thought yes. I think did he anyway? Well, I've, the, he's. I'm, I'm not talking about the Zagreb game, but one thing yeah. I noticed in the last, let's say the last game he played could have been Salzburg actually, but it was he. I like his movement. I mean, I've always liked strikers who are not static. This is why I was so fucking pissed off with Lukaku, lazy fuck. But uh, uh, you know, I like strikers that are always moving. You know, moving between the lines, trying to you know get a run because even if. Even if they don't get the ball, they've taken a defender out of the game and made space for somebody else. Viali was the best, and, and Crespo, actually. Viali and Crespo are the best two strikers I have ever seen at doing that. And I like what I've seen so far from Aubameyang because I think that's what he does. He's always moving. And actually, he was also coming back into midfield to get the ball. But still, and they've mentioned this on Match of the Day, and but still getting into the penalty area. This is good news, I think. he. I think he, I mean, I don't want to hex it, but I think he might be all right for us. But... Uh, there we go. Um, talking of silver, as we were, we didn't talk about this at all last night because Kerry went off and talked about all sorts of other things, which is, of course, you know, who am I to argue with the great man? Um, JK, you know, you're a, you're a, um, a qualified ref. You, you are a wanker in the black. Not necessarily tonight, but hitherto. Um, I think it probably was a red, actually, thinking about it. I mean, at the time, I thought, nah, fuck off. That's, you know, I just didn't even see the handball. But uh, do you think he got away with one there? Um, it was very wide. About um, yards away, too, from the goal. Yeah, and uh, Chilwell was coming across. Um, uh, I also thought he was fouled. I ah. thought that was the reason that he he jumped on the ball, because he was just picking it up, because he thought, in the same way that Yukanovic had that experience. Do you remember that? He he picked the ball up and... Uh, got, got sent uh, off, didn't he? He got sent off, yes. I think the referee just thought, he's shit, I need to get him away. The fans are going to go mad watching him play anymore. But, you know, I, I, it's debatable, isn't it? If VAR looks at it and decides that he wasn't, I don't know why we're, we're even... I mean, they get so many things wrong, that's why we're debating it. Well, I'll tell um, you why else, you know, because the fucking media since Saturday afternoon have been when when the Chelsea game comes up that's all they've been talking about the wankers Steve Parrish's tweet also uh, whining about it in fact actually Kelvin was hilarious and I I did say to him I'd nick this from him but he responded to Steve Parrish you know the, the palace chairman and he said Steve you know I can't remember exactly what he said but the inference was Steve it there was no way it was a goal scoring opportunity because it was Jordan Ayew yes exactly Cry more, yeah. But I know it, it's one of those things that um, uh, it wasn't given. He was booked. I think if it had just been the grab, it was the it was the fact that he then 
realised very possibly that um, he hadn't got the ball and uh, the referee hadn't uh, whistled for a foul. Uh, so he did think that he would then push the ball away. So I think he did get away with that. But um, I don't think it was a uh, it, it would um, Ayu would have actually run the necessary 30 yards, got a shot off on goal and scored because of the angle he was at. They were trying to make out on match of the day that all he needed to do was push the ball ahead of him and he would be he would be running, you know, nearer the uh, um, the D. But uh, I think Chilwell was coming round then for that. So there were too many what it, too yeah. many going on. I mean, well, as you said, VAR. I mean, for God's sake, it was checked on VAR, and they said, I mean, if that had been Anthony Taylor refing, it'd have been off. But uh, you know, we all know why that is. Um, as I said, Steve Parish, cry more. Uh, Dan, um, one of the other <laughs> things I really picked up on. Um, I mean, I don't want to stick the boot in unnecessarily, but I thought Jay, uh, Jorginho and Kovacic were pretty poor again. I'm more worried about Kovacic as well, actually. I mean, he seems to be just not at it at all. But the point I wanted to really make, is the kind of flip side of that, is that I actually uh, I thought that we looked so much better when, when Loftus-Cheek came on for Jorginho. Uh, Kovacic not being very good, notwithstanding. But I'm beginning to come round to the idea... I mean, he's such a problem area, isn't he? Because he can play in so many different positions. But I, I wonder if, I mean, you know, Tuchel did it. He had him playing in the deep lying role. You know, he's a big unit. He can accelerate out of trouble. Yeah. He's a he's one of the best passers in the side, and he always has been, apart from that shocking one he did to Reese James that went out uh, by the by the Chelsea fans. Do you remember that? James was absolutely furious. But anyway, yeah. I think you know, I think he, you know, he can do all of the things that Jorginho does, which is he can even pass five yards backwards if you want him to. But he's a good passer of the ball. His 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 attitude is to get forward. He can run forward. Um, I'm not convinced he's at it defensively I'll be honest with you but you know maybe he can get better I don't know I mean I think he might be an option in there and I'm thinking you know as a three in midfield if 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 Jorginho goes if Kovacic isn't up to it if Conte goes is just injured beyond repair I could see a midfield three a four three three perhaps or a four three two one where you've got Connor Mount and really uh, Loftus-Cheek kind of holding it together I think with uh, ROC, he's got the physicality in midfield that Jorginho lacks. Jorginho is just a, a wet fart. He's got no no strength at all. If he gets harried, he just loses the ball. I like Loftus-Cheek. He's dynamic. He travels with the ball. He's probably got more of an end product than Kovacic. See, Jorginho, I know he's got a lot of He can of score goals as well. Yeah. And Jorginho gets a lot of penalties. He does a job. It's a very limited job. It's not, you know, are we going to win the Premier League with Jorginho in the team? Probably not. I think he's decent. Pep wants him. We got him. I just think he lacks physicality. He can't run to save his life. It's like he's running in toffee. I mean, I, you know, my mum can run faster than him. Just, I just think Loftus Cheek is just so much physicality, intelligence, strength, dynamism, everything you want from a six or an eight, and he will, he'll get goals as it's proven. I think you know, give Loftus Cheek ten games. You know, I, th- I think we'll see. You know, the, the Loftus Cheek that was great before he got his injury back in um, two thousand and whatever it was, 17, whatever. I, I like Loftus, so I really hope he makes it. I know JK's maybe slightly different opinion of him. No, no, but... I, I, no I was going to be positive, actually, because no. um, I felt that the very fact that Potter chose him immediately to come on um, means that he, he thinks he's he's up there, you know, that he, he's yeah. got to contribute. I thought and that he's... was really re- relevant, you know. And he's not afraid to hook Jorginho, which a lot of matches, because Jorginho very rarely gets substituted that early in the match. He tends to go the whole match. I think Kovacic had a lot of injuries. I think he's probably 
long way off match fitness. I mean, because last season was so truncated with injuries, he kept getting his ankle kicked. You know, but again, Kovacic, you know, he doesn't have any products. He's great at moving the ball forward and getting out of tight spaces. But where was the last time he put on a great assist? That's our midfield. There's no creativity whatsoever. Debate for the show. I mean, I prefer, I'd have I'd have Kovacic over Jorginho if I was going to pick one of them. Because I think he's just something. You know, he's a bit more aggressive in in the tackle as well. Well, I'd have, I'd have Kante over both of them still, but see, Kante, I, I think Kante's almost going to get pelted. I think Kante's coming towards a busted flush. I, I, well, I, 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 I think busted. I don't think he's a busted flush. I think if he's fit, he's still a phenomenal player. But, but can he stay? Fit we've broke. We've broken him, games? Dan. We've broken him. I know we broke him in the Europe, Europe League final. Yeah. But can Kante? Will we, will we get fifteen games from Kante in a row without an injury? Yeah, exactly. I, and I, I was interested, by the way, just in Chilwell's. Um, uh, not really quite up to it performance and his his default was just passing the ball back all the time the thing is the thing is that was the thing because 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 the players ahead of him will get into the space he normally attacks he didn't yeah. really have anywhere to go because normally he'd go down the outside he or would, whatever because you have sterling or whoever's playing left or right i think she was again a big bad injury he'll need games to get back to no, i agree completely no no i and we once again you you know the fact that he scored that lovely goal against leicester you he's obviously got something to contribute but yeah. at the moment he's not quite He's not the player that we know he can be. But but we need. We, sorry to butt in, Dan. We we need. Um, there was an awful lot of wankery going on on Twitter. Oh, what a surprise! Who knew? Everybody digging him out. This kid. I mean, right. You know, 30, 20, 25, 30 years ago, you don't come back for the kind of injury he had. That's yeah. how serious it was. So they're managing him. You know, slowly but surely. And again, when you've had, I, I mean, why? Look. These these guys that play football for us and Chelsea every Saturday, they're actually real human beings. Real human beings are fallible. They have weaknesses. They're not fucking FIFA 23 players no. who are perfect. And psychologically, that's what we don't see. We don't see what goes on psychologically. If you've had a really nasty injury like that, JK knows this, he's had a few. When you've had a really nasty injury, it will play on your mind. Will my body stand up to what I'm asking of it, JK? Am I right? But also, um, it, the positive about him is that he had to play because Cucurella was ill. Well, indeed. So, you know, so therefore, you know, he, he gets the plaudits for, for making the effort. I mean, I'm trying to think what what situ- what would the, the permutation be for who played left back if it wasn't... Well, I, um, I don't actually think he was that bad, mate. I mean, also, I don't. Th- I think he's a better wing back than he is a left back, and he was yeah. playing as a left back. No, I think he's played well as a left back in the past. Before. But I still think he's a better wing back than yeah. a left back. Oh no, I agree. I agree completely. He's a wonderful wing back, as proven when 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 he hit him and James in the Juventus before his injury. Oh, the big, big height of it, where they both played absolutely superbly, and that's what you hope to get ultimately. But no, I, I you know, I'm I'm not writing him off in the slightest. I'm just saying that we're still not getting the. The, the the product that we had before in the same way that you, we're not getting Pulisic. I was intrigued that Pulisic actually came on and ran with the ball because he was the only person who, who did it and he set up Connor. So, but but it, it, at the moment, it's really working out who is going to yeah. be playing in what well, setup. Indeed. Under we don't know. I want to yeah. talk, I want to talk a lot more actually along those lines in, in part two, you know, because I think, I think there's some really interesting questions None of which, of course, we will have the answers to. I mean, I'm, I can't believe anybody would really listen to this show expecting answers by now. I mean, we don't think we've given one answer in 14 and a half years. So, I mean, if you're expecting that, you need to question your sanity. Anyway, um, uh, if you if you don't buy this particular fanzine that I'm about to promote, I would certainly question your sanity because it is the absolutely uh, peerless 
CFC UK. Uh, now I'm I'm intrigued, Jake. I don't think. Did you see Dave selling them on Saturday? Yeah. Oh, he was selling them. So it's out then, is it? I, I saw him before. I gave him a kiss. I saw him afterwards. I gave him a kiss. And were they selling the new one? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. I haven't had my Dave. Where's my copy? Anyway, uh, yeah, the new one's out. Um, I I haven't read it yet, so I can't tell you what's in it. I I won't bore you with telling. Are you in it? Of course I am, but I can't remember what I wrote. So I think I wrote something about the. We were talking on when we on the show the other week about um, you know, the idea that Bowley wants to make Chelsea even more successful. What did that mean? And they're trying to change the culture of the club. What did that mean? So I, I was actually quite even handed. But I did stick the boot in slightly at the end, as I tend to do. But uh, anyway, so that's mine. But yeah, go and read it. It's fantastic. I mean, so many of the fan casters that you know and love uh, read it. Uh, they all read it, but some, most of them write for it as well. And other people that you won't know who we also know and love. So it's a brilliant... And it's only a pound, for God's sake. I mean, it's bloody good value. Uh, and you can get it at the CFC UK stall on a match day, uh, a home match day, obviously opposite Fulham Broadway, or you'll find Dave and a few other sellers at an away match, as Jonathan did. Uh, if you can't get to a match, don't worry, you can still get a copy of your fanzine by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, you can have a year subscription in the UK, it's 18 quid. In Europe, it's 40 quid. Rest of the world, 56 quid. And if you don't want a hard copy, proper copy, you can get a digital copy, so a PDF emailed to you on release and... Uh, that's six quid for a year or one pound each, a pound each. And you can pay all of this by PayPal. It's very simple. Get on it. We'll see you in a second. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stamford Chidge, and I've got the absolutely ir- irrepressible Jonathan Kidd with me. Of course. Irreplaceable, irrepressible. Well, I'd say both, both really, yeah. Oh, yeah, Chidge. Yeah. Oh, you are. You've become irreplaceable now. What the fuck am I going to do now? I think I'm going to call myself JK's left bollock from now okay. on. Okay. Can I refer to you as that? Yeah. Is it because you're nuts? Oh, Chidge. That was, you know... Pretty poor, really, wasn't it, actually? Yeah. Put the balls up, really. Oh, see, that was good. That was good. Uh, We also, as you've just heard, have got the absolutely brilliant, my mate, Dan Silver, who uh, we love having on this show. uh, And... uh, we loved having him at the uh, the Kerry Do last night, where he was in fact uh, the official photographer and the uh, the mic man. He was the man with the roving mic, and he did a fine mm-hmm. job. So there you go. And not a euphemism either. No, there's no there's no yeah. euphemisms in that one. I'm I think I'm giving up on the euphemism. Something fallen flat on my face with J.K.'s left bollock. Anyway, uh, right, we're talking about the Crystal Palace Chelsea game, um, and uh, we want to you know go into slightly different direction with this one I'm, I, I there are a couple of things i forgot to talk about in part one which i which i might uh come back on but actually they might fit in quite well really in fact they will fit in very well with the uh first thing i wanted to talk about it strikes me that potter or no and i do and I, and I do jk want to get into this whole potter-esque or potterism or potter thing that's going on about the whole time i want to like finish with that really but um I do I do feel for him in many respects uh, because he's picked up a team here where without a shadow of a doubt we have a mix of players 
a lot of whom are in shocking form at the moment. And I'm thinking Jorginho, Kovacic, uh, Havertz, Mount of those who started yesterday. Add to that you've got Fafana and Sterling who are settling in. And by the way, as a quick aside, I'm I'm not impressed with Sterling at the moment, actually. Well, certainly on the Palace oh. game. No, I, I, you know, he, he passed when he should have shot. He dithers. It's all, I mean, you know, it's all what I've seen with Chelsea for the last God knows how many years. Anyway, that just park that for a minute. But Sterling and Fofana, I will give a pass to because they're just coming into the side. They will need time to adapt. And then you've got, you've got the fringe players, you know, who, who may or may not be sulking. So you've got Pulisic and you've got Ziyech. And then you've got players like... Um, you know, Trevo, who fuck knows what's happened to Trevo. I mean, why he doesn't get a chance. And you've got Dave, who's knackered, and Kante, who's also knackered or probably broken and might not come back. So, you know, you've got all of that. And I, I have no idea what 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 he does with this. But I, I have to say, he's got some tough choices to make, JK. You know, he's got some tough choices to make because you can't keep picking underperforming players because you're going to lose matches. Um. I was intrigued as to see that uh, it was essentially the same team that played against um, Salzburg, except uh, no, no Dave. Because, um, I, I, as I said earlier, I thought there might be the odd, um, I don't know, just, just left field person brought in. But all he can do is just see them training and uh, um, and try and forge them into a, into a side that... Um, that does the business. And uh, that certainly wasn't a side that did the business against Palace. All right, we won, but it was uh, very similar to, to Tuchel performances with lack of shots and three, three shots the entire game. Yeah. And, and similar, and those, the opportunity for shots just being spurned all the time as well. So, um, you know, you wonder, you wonder, will what is happening on the training pitch? You know, is he is he is he looking for? Is he thinking? Well, I, they're my best players. I'll try and forge them into something. Or is he saying that player can do something for me? By the way, just to mention Kepper, who we haven't. Oh, I thought, thank oh, you, thank I you. Yeah, did really well. He did, did, didn't he? Sorry, Dan, you wanted to say something there. No, I was just going to just say it's it, it's two games into his reign. Yeah. It, we're not going to get a, a quick fix because obviously players were where we're not at the end of the two calls rain our fours are shit I mean fours got no creativity we need it's going to take time to kind of build build us back up again we're on the coattails of top four which is the best we can hope for right now I was have to see I've been quite impressed with Sterling actually I think he's been giving okay. something tell me more I, you know just if I just a bit of the mentality more than anything he's he's, he's hungry he wants to win he takes and he's come close the goal he got against him Salzburg was brilliant you know, he's there or thereabouts. I mean, how many, how many, how many times have four players been picking up a, a rebound? Okay, I guess he put it away, he should have scored, but he was there. He was on, on the edge to pick up a second ball. You know, Pulisic, Mount, whoever. No one's ever been there. Like the goal that he got against Leicester when the ball came across, he was there to put the ball in the net. He's doing runs that none of our strikers or fours have done recently. And he, listen, everyone's going to make misses. Should he have scored? Yeah, but it came to him very quickly. He got away a shot. Inches either way it goes in. So I, I think Stoke's had a, a very positive start for me. Right, fair enough. I, I don't think that was his best performance, though, I against... I don't. I don't think he... Because he started on the right, then he found himself on the left. I wasn't convinced that he knew exactly where he was supposed to be playing. 
in this setup. Mm. Um, and and he did take too many touches. But I feel I feel in previous games he's actually been um, possibly the best player. Mm. Um, but but then he's been surrounded by. Havertz, the silky German, looking a little bit. Um, well, ha- Havertz is the big. He, he's the yeah. biggest worry at the moment, J.K. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, fuck me. I, I've got so much time for Havertz. I love Havertz. I mean, I, I as you, you won't know this because you probably haven't seen it. You have to wait to the end of the season. But I, 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 not only did I predict him to be our top goal scorer last season, I predicted him to be it this year, and I'm, I'm grossly mistaken. Because he just, I don't know what's up with him. I mean, he, you know, what I can understand why managers pick him, actually, because he's wholehearted and he he works hard for the team. And I, I know they all love that. I mean, how what I can't understand is how he, well, OK, I, I do understand it because, of course, everybody will say, yeah, well, nobody you know, gives him any service or whatever. But I don't understand how he can score that rem- marvellous goal for Germany against England last week from outside the box and also be on the end on a rebound, which is what you want strikers to be doing and be so. And I think the, the worry I have with him about Chelsea, Dan, is he's so, so anonymous. That's what I, that really yeah. grinds my gears. You know, I didn't realize he was actually playing on the weekend. because His name never gets mentioned. Yeah. I he's know. clearly got a talent. I don't think what's his role. That's the question is, you know, how do you deal with habits? Is he at number 10? Is he, is he a second striker? He's not a target man clearly because he's been tried that and it hasn't worked. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just, a, it's a conundrum right now. For, he, I thought he played quite well. I mean, was it, was it? I, I can't remember whether it was with, whether he was still on with Brozier. Or I mean, he he played quite well when we we looked like we were playing with two up front, uh, and it was either Brozier or Aubameyang. But it it seemed to work quite well. But I I think you're right. I, I, I look. I just think he's in horrible form, and I think that this is one of the problems that we've got. I think Mount's in horrible form too. Yeah, but I think I think, think that the, the, Mount, Mount buzzed around an enormous. Well, there, there we go, you know, and I think that's the thing. I think a lot of managers will pick you if you're working hard for the team, but I think there's something else to it as well. If if I'm Graham Potter, I'm looking at Mason Mount and I'm saying, I know this kid is very good. He's also still quite young. He's probably having the first dip of form in his career, but this kid kid is good. He is essentially a really good football player. He's been one of our best players for the last two years. Potter will know this. So you take a decision as a manager. You 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 know it's a bit like cricket, actually. J.K. We've all been there. You know when a when a bat England do this all the time, don't they? They 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 have a a, a batsman who's in shocking form, but it's it's class's uh, permanent form is temporary. So they stick at him because they'll play their way out of form, and in, and invariably they do. The ones that don't are the ones that were never really good enough in the first place. Uh, C.F every single opening batsman England have had in the last six years, right? You know, and maybe that's what's going on with Mount and Havertz, to be fair, is that Potter's saying, no, 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 these guys are good. They're just in a bit of a rough patch of form. I'll keep going with them and maybe they'll play their way out of it. But I wonder, how long do you do that for when you've got fucking good players, I would hope, knocking the door down to get a game? Well, perhaps that may be what the decision he's going to have to make. You know, you might then see Havertz on the bench. But then who who plays in his place? Does he give Pulisic a go? Brozier? Does he give from... Ziyech. He plays... Yeah, and even Ziyech. But Ziyech, I mean... Ziyech's toilet. I I personally think we won't see huge changes to after the World Cup. I think it's going to be... There's a game maybe three or four days between now and World Cup. I think he'll just play with what he knows. And then maybe might see in January, might see a bit more kind of change. Because listen, how about that goal, the winning goal he got against 
Was it West Ham? That was Chile. No, Chile, no. Who got the win against West Ham? Was it Havertz? Down to Matthew Harding. Oh, the volley. Yeah. 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 Havertz was good. Yeah. So Havertz is a, he's, he's a technically a really good player. Yeah. Uh, me, I play him, you know, like a, a false number 10. So you've got Bama Young, then have three behind a Bama Young and let them interchange. See, well, I, was, I, I think he, you know, I think he, you know, it's, it's a shame we didn't talk about this uh, with Kerry last night, JK, although I don't think we had a lot of choice really with Kerry. To be fair, we mentioned the false number nine, and he was. So oh, he, well, it was like a red rag to a bull, wasn't it? About it, yeah. I, I, I do, I do have to say, because as I said, I do, I do speak to him, you know, several times a week, and I know exactly what buttons to press with Kerry. And I did, I have to admit, I did deliberately press a few last night. But it would have been really interesting to hear, hear what he had to say about what we're about to say now, which is that playing Havertz with Brozier or Aubameyang. Or even Sterling. But I think, you know, I quite like the idea of two fairly big, substantial strikers up front. Because, of course, Kerry, for most of his Chelsea career, played with another, you know, when he, it, the lovely Kevin Wilson, jukebox, speedo. I mean, you know, he played little and large or, or two big guys up front. For most, it was nearly always two up front with Kerry, you know. And it worked very, very well. And I'm not suggesting we go back to the 80s and the early 90s. But I can see how that does some damage. And it's looked good when we've had that. That's what I'm trying to remember, the game that it, it looked good at, JK. But anyway. Yeah. Well, you, you, you just think about all, all of those players you mentioned and they should be doing pretty well, shouldn't they? Mm. You know, Brozier did very well with Southampton. Um, possibly fell away a bit. Uh, they play with two up front. Yeah. Uh, um, Obama Yang um, scoring goals for Barcelona and obviously for Arsenal. Um, decent player. Um, Havertz, supposedly on his reputation, very decent player. Sterling, very decent player. Yet at the moment, all of them together, it doesn't, it doesn't quite work. Well, I, I still, I still think that that this has a lot to do with the fact that most teams that we play against are going to absolutely pack the defence. A lot of teams that we play against are going to uh, command the midfield, either through num, you know, either numerically or because we've got Jorginho in there, so we get monstered. You know, if you if you got if, if there are effectively two or one of us really in midfield, because you've got if you're playing with a, you know, two midfielders who want to get four all the time, quite often you're going to get outnumbered. This is why I like the fact that Potter's playing with three. Um, but anyway, you know, we, the mid, midfield gets monsters, so we don't we don't have enough, or, or it's it's risky when we lose the ball. And we go into that whole argument about why they get negative in the first place, and then you, I mean, there's so many factors here: the creativity or the lack of it. They're not putting the ball through. They're not putting it through quick enough. So. That means that whenever a striker gets into a good position, they dither, which means suddenly he's got a defender or two on him. All of these things are coming into it. And then there's the other issue about the fear. I, I still, I mean, this, this gets us into to, you know, more, more of Potter's problems, really. But I, I mean, you know, we've all sat here and talked about the same things repeatedly for about five years, actually. If you, if you broke it down, if I, if I forced you to listen to every show we'd ever done in the last five years, it'd be, it'd be counter to, well, I mean, that'd be like Chinese torture, wouldn't it? But, you know, you would, you would, we, we would pick out, I reckon, some very identifiable themes. And, and a lot of what we're talking about now would be it. And I wonder, you know, how difficult it will be for Potter to you know, imbue this these players with a very different way of playing. Well, perhaps he doesn't. Perhaps he waits until the, the January transfer window when they're going to buy three superstars. You'll buy Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. Or you might, yeah, there might be a, 
there might be a, a, a couple of, of Brighton players that make the journey. He might say, these are the people that I want. Yeah. And they give in to him. So um, it may be a question of of not even treading water, but just trying to eke out a few results, you know. So let's see. Again, I suppose that he's the manager. He's paid to make tough decisions. It might, might find that certain players will be on their way in January or in the season. That may That's be, what he's there for. That may be the case, Dan. But I, I mean, you know, what, what I'm really getting at here is you know when we talk about the fear you know i if if they i mean we've had two uh and the last th- out of the last three managers we've had we've had two what i would call very technocratic managers in sarri and tuchel who who want to play your players like like they were in fifa 23 you know they're always barking instructions on the touchline you have to pass it to that man and then that man and then that man and you know it, this this i can't believe that this doesn't get into players heads so when they're faced with something new or it, or what they've been told to do in a new way goes wrong, they will revert back to, to almost like what's become ingrained in them. And I think this is why we see so many players passing the ball back when they don't think that they have an option or they're too frightened to take a risk and lose the ball. And I think that, I mean, these are, again, more psychological things, I think. And they are much, I mean, trust me, I'm a bloody psychotherapist and it's very hard to change old habits and old patterns for people. It takes a lot of work. A lot of it's in the head. And that's what I mean when I say I feel for Potter, because if he is going to try and get us to play a completely different way, and you're doing it with the same players, which is JK's point, excellent point, then I think it's going to be really difficult, and it is going to take time. And that's that's the big question. You know, if, if Bowley boys are getting a given time, and we're sixth in February or March, and we're 10 points off top four, are they going to panic? That's a big question. Well, I I don't know. I mean, that's the unanswerable question. But what I will yeah. say now is, quite interestingly, we are currently sitting in fifth. Uh, we are uh, seven points. Is it seven points? Eight points behind Arsenal uh, and seven behind City. So we're not... I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not suggesting we're going to win the title this year. I mean, I think we'll be doing well to get into the top four. But we we are we are not as adrift as I think it feels, yes. and game in hand as well. And game, game in hand. hand. Well, uh, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly one in one hand. game yeah. at least. Yeah, 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 definitely yeah. one. Yeah, but we're not as adrift as it feels. It just feels yeah. fucked up at the moment, doesn't it? I think because of all the changes. Yeah, and also there's been such a stop, start, stop, start to start the season. So barely, barely kicked the ball for a month. So listen, we it's just Chelsea, you know. We have again. It goes back to you know the mentality, the winners, the, the captains. Your Thiago leaders, Silva. leaders is a yeah. big thing, Dan. So, yeah, Thiago Silva is a leader. Yeah. Raheem Sterling, Raheem Sterling's a winner, maybe not a leader. Yeah, you know. Aubameyang I think I think Martin. James is. I think Mount is. I think Aubameyang, when he's got his feet under the desk, is potentially a leader. But whether yeah. we like it or not, Jorginho is a leader. Yeah, I mean he is. You know, I mean it's not all yeah. bad with J five. Uh, you know, Kovacic is a bit of a. I think he's a silent assassin. He's probably. a bruiser, isn't he? I like, yeah. I like him. I like him for that. But uh, I, and the, I mean, you know, kind of taking it further on from the point that I was making, I mean, it, 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 it's it's quite frustrating as supporters, isn't it? Because we start we're getting into the realms here of talking about stuff that we cannot know the answers to unless we were actually there. This is something that J.K. always reminds us brilliantly that you know, uh, hello, were we on the turning ground? Uh, no, but it would be lovely to ha- be a fly on the wall because. Whilst I believe what I said a minute ago, Thomas Tuchel came in 
okay, and within three matches had got across all of his ideas and they took him up and they ran with them and it brought us the European Cup at the end of the season. Now, that I think, therefore, what we're talking about is that it is possible to get players to play your way of playing. It what it re- what it requires is your ability to communicate to that uh, that to them clearly. And as we've been saying for a while, J.K. Tuchel was a master communicator. That's what he managed to do. So I think a lot of what's going to happen in the next month or two is going to depend very much on. Um, Potter's ability to communicate his ideas to these players and stop them being frightened of running with them. But that's supposed to be his skill as well, isn't it? It's supposed to be his metier, isn't it? Yeah. So, but, you know, I find each game is a... is A um, a rerun. Is a, is a, no, well, no, no, it's a kind of suck it and see. You hope mm. something different happens or you hope there's going to be uh, a different combination. Or, um, if I, what I was saying last night as well, the dilemma is, is that, that so many managers appear to be into this this world of uh, um, um, of almost copying each other, and I know we don't play um, with ten men behind the ball and break, which is what Spurs do, and it's what United attempt to do. Um, so we are unique to that extent, where because we're trying to play a kind of city, city and nor should we. No, 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 no. We're no, Chelsea absolutely. now. We are we're an elite club, absolutely. And yet, it would be interesting to see what. What was the way? What's the way that Brighton um, have achieved their success? That, that, that they were well. No, they Brighton. From my understanding, J.K. Not least of watching them bloody play quite well against us. Yeah, Bright, Brighton have always been lauded as one of these great pressing sides. Well, yeah, that that absolutely. But one of these sides that have come up, uh, you know, from the from the Championship, who 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 have turned up and not wanting to put ten men behind the ball. That, that this kind of new there seems to be a new wave of of sides who are not as well funded a lot smaller clubs we've got managers in there who say no fuck that shit we're going to play football i'm going to get you to play football we're going to go and play these teams we're going to play football we're going to get our ass whooped occasionally but i would rather we played football than stuck 10 men behind the ball and you know they end up beating city they'd beat liverpool i think up there they beat man united quite a lot i think brighton did and they did it by playing football and having a go. They don't put ten men behind the ball. But the, one of the things they do is the is the press. The I press, actually, yeah. I thought we'd be more of a pressing side against uh, Palace rather than be... a depressing side. Oh, clever chidge, clever chidge. But not um, we we stood up, we stood off them as they stood off us. I suppose that's the that's the answer. Perhaps there was no need for this because they were they they were very passive indeed. Talk about passive aggressive. They were passive. And they had little. They, in fact, they they didn't have many moments of aggression. Unfortunately, well, Palace. Yeah, they didn't. They, they had, did in the second half. They, they did. They well, well, they they didn't in the the first half. If they'd after the goal, they had another shot, which uh, Kepa did very well to save. Yeah. And then they sort of disappeared and stood back a bit, which I felt was an error. Yeah. Um, I think if they kept going, they'd have scored again against us because we looked very vulnerable in that. Well, I thought our most vulnerable... I mean, I agreed. After they scored that first goal, we were lucky to hang on for the next five, ten minutes. But I thought in the second half, um, that was our worst period because I thought Palace came absolutely out of the blocks, all, all guns firing for about 15, 20 minutes. And then we then we managed to regain control of the game. Because, of course, that's that's actually what we're, we are good at. We, we might bemoan Jorginho and stuff, but, you know, we are quite good at keeping the ball. Very good, and, and snuffing teams out like that. Yeah, but it's it's 
it's the other step up, isn't it, from just keeping well, it's the, the ball. Well, the step up is or getting tackled or losing the fucking ball and then having a team go straight through us and scoring when they had no right to. That's the problem. Dan. Yes. How much pressure do you... I mean, we kind of alluded to this, didn't we? Like, we'll boldly be patient if we're we're not hacking it in the league. But I'm just kind of thinking of the fact that he's never managed a club like Chelsea... He's never managed a club with the expectations, dare I say, the entitlement of winning. So how much pressure... I mean, forget Bowley. I'm just talking about us, Law. I mean, how much pressure do you think he might be under at the moment? It's a step up and it's a, it's a dream job. You, come, you know, he's, he's earned his spurs. Obviously, a very, very sound coach because he's been muted to a place, Gareth Southgate. Um, listen, he's had a draw and a win from his first two games, you know. Beat, beat Milan and beat Wolves. You know, then suddenly the pressure's off. He's got a couple of wins behind him. I think if we can get get a bit of Champions League form going, a couple of wins between now and, now and November, he's got to go into the World Cup, qualify for the Champions League as a minimum, and not too far from the top four, then it's been a good start. You know, but this, look at the footsteps he's been following in. You know, Tuchel, Sarri, Conte, Mourinho, Ancelotti. He's big. Big steps he's got to fill in. I know they are but big, this big is shoes. Chelsea going completely in a different tangent. You know, yes, it's new ownership. We've always gone for established elite coaches. Now we've gone for a very good, promising coach. Like, like Arsenal did with Arteta. They've given Arteta two seasons. Season three, you know, they're yeah, playing, they're playing really well, aren't they? Top of the league. If and, patient, and it's his team as well. It's his team. Yeah. yeah. It, it's taken time. They've shot themselves in the foot, not going to Champions League football. They're stuck with it and they've given the players he wants. The top mm. of the league. Seven wins out of eight, or what, six out of seven, they're doing really well. Yeah. Klopp took him two years to get rid of all the yeah. dead with the yeah. previous match. Now, this is the situation. If Bowley sees this as a, as a five-year project, we might not get championships a year. We may have a really shit season. We may have some really crappy defeats, but that's the whole point. It's the process. If they're going to give um, Potter the process, the time, the money, the players he wants, then we judge him in 18 months' time and mm. see where we are. And it may, may be some hard watch. It may be some tough games. But let's say it's football. We don't have any divine right to, to win. There's only four things you can win. You don't have divine rights for anything. No club has. I mean, you you were, I mean, you know, we had a bit of a kind of a... I mean, you were there, obviously, but we had a bit of a kind... I mean, don't know how it happened because it just kind of happened randomly, really. But we had a bit of a... It was my fault because I asked the question, didn't I? Because, I, I mean, you know, the performance wasn't up to much, but we won. And then that all suddenly got kind of transmogrified into a discussion about what's more important, the performance or the winning. And, of course, JK quite rightly probably said both. <laughs> I mean, JK. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's quite interesting because I, I think a lot of us, even the older gits amongst us like me, I mean, JK's always been like this. He wants perfection. He wants to win all the time. I'm not like that. I'm realistic. But... I've got very used to winning and I like it. Um, so I'm just wondering if the bigger issue will be the supporters and their impatience rather than Bowley. I think I think you're right, Dan. I think Bowley is he's chosen his man. That's it. He's he's wedded to a five year plan. I mean, of course, what we don't know is 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 what he'll wear financially if if that goes tits up a bit because we don't get much success. Yeah, so that's. I think they made a decision based on the fact that we might have a year without Champions League football. So it's possible, or we could do enough to 
come top four. We've got a squad on paper that should be coming top four. I agree. Listen, also, Mike Gary Sunday is in touch with assholes that follow us as well. So if we have a couple of bad don't, don't tempt me, mate. I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd have a relegation if it meant we got rid of half the twats that follow us on Twitter, yeah. mate. That's for yeah, sure. I, listen, it's, it's Chelsea. I say no club has a divine right to win stuff. A bit of patience, build build a process. And maybe in 18 months, two years, we're, we're challenging. We're playing some fantastic football, you know, and we're, we're top of the league. And we're doing, you know, all the teams now, Guardiola, Klopp, Arteta, all the clubs are giving them time to build. There hasn't been a hard and far and they could have panicked Arteta last season. They didn't. They yeah. stuck with him. They saw the process. They saw it's about improvement, tangible improvement, you know, season on, season in. If we see the tangible improvement by the end of the season, it's great. Next season we go again, more tangible improvement. That's what we need. Yeah. And that's, I think, also, you know, you go back to Tuchel, he said if Roman was still, he might have sat Tuchel in the last season because football so shit. Yeah. You could have easily sat Tuchel in, in um, May. Yeah. I think, I think, personally speaking, Bowley's gonna. He's got Potter, done his research. He's a good man. And he's gonna give him time. Now, in two years' time, we're tenth and we're shit. They might sack him. I, I think he'll get time. Small improvements over time, and then we'll see what happens. I mean, one yeah. one thing I would really welcome, and I, I mean, we did mention this last night, didn't we, J.K.? But I mean, I, what I would, re- I mean, it's when per- Perry. I, I we had some really good people actually who hammered me. One one lad hammered me for calling Jorginho shit in a moment of annoyance. I was just, just like wound up at the time and I had to apologise. And then Perry... I Perry thought Gascoigne. Like, Perry Gascoigne. Yeah, he made, some, he made some very trenchant points. But I would be very happy to be as patient as it needs to be if we were also bringing some of these, you know, academy players through. Because... I think this is certainly something that's quite generational, but all of our general, I mean, you know, JK had the, um, what Drake's ducklings and Doherty's diamonds. Um, I had, uh, I mean, I was, I was, and he also had, uh, Eddie McCready's kids as well. Cause I was a bit too young for that. And Dan and I had, uh, uh, well, we didn't really have much in the eighties, did we? So we kind of lost out on all of that. But anyway, the bottom line is, is that I think we grow up with a real affinity with players that have, uh, have you know, grown up at the club and to see them do well, you have a much greater attachment to them, I think. So I would be very happy if part of this plan generally did include bringing some of these players through. And I would be, I mean, you know, if Lampard, when we had that rare opportunity, was bringing kids through. I mean, it, it will go down, I think, as one of the most enjoyable seasons I've had at the club because it was just bringing all these kids through, and it's great. And yet we're already associated with Nkunku and, and Leo. Well, that's what I can't understand mate you know I, I'm very cynical maybe these the current crop of kids who are like 19, 20, 21 are just not fucking good enough that's all it is these co- we've got we've got elite coaches Neil Bath from the academy they've got elite coaches they're, play- they're probably very very good players but not elite level players well yes, I mean, there's, there's a lot of talk Dan isn't there that actually a bit like you know England's golden generation we've missed the boat because the academy yeah, I mean, is not anything like as good, or the players are not anything like as good as they have been. Yeah, I mean, all the players have left. You take back Timore in a heartbeat. Lampton. You take out Tammy in a heartbeat. Yeah, um, Gay, I, I thought was, Gay played well for Palace actually. Yeah, by yeah, the way, he looked a just, proper defender. Just facing what we have now, I mean, Ficayo and Tammy, they come back into the team straight away. Yeah. I mean, those those are the guys, and I think this is a very salient point. You know, the bulk of the the, the players, we're, well, the players we're talking about in Chelsea terms uh, also made up the bulk of that England under 17 World Cup winning yeah. squad, 
which also included the likes of Phil Foden. So there really was a golden generation that came through, not just at Chelsea. And we've lost about three of them. Gay was one. I think Tammy was there or thereabouts. Hudson-Odoi just about. Maybe Tammy wasn't, but Hudson-Odoi was in that squad. Mason was in the squad. So who else we lost? Tamori, I think he was also in it. So I don't know. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But we've lost a few who were in that world, England kind of under 18 or under 17 World Cup winning squad. But anyway, I don't know. All this will work its way out. I think the bottom line, as I said in the intro, boys, is that it's it is going to get it's going to take time, and uh, it's going to be different. And maybe we just have to be a bit patient and enjoy the ride. Because I'll tell you this for nothing. All right, you cannot control what you can't control. All you can control is how you think, feel, or behave. And uh, maybe that's what we need to do. Enjoy the ride. Now, uh, talking of enjoying the ride. Some of us have uh, enjoyed a very long ride at the Chelsea Supporters Trust. I mean, I've been in it since it started. I think Dan, Dan's, when, when did you join the board? Um, I think it's my sixth, if I get elected, it's my sixth term. All right. So, yeah, you, you, yeah. you've got a way to go yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a very good thing to join. We had a very good meeting with the new board, the new club board uh, last week, by the way. I can't really tell you any more than that, but I'll, I'll say this. I found it very encouraging. These guys seem to be... A, quite keen to listen and learn and that is already a substantive improvement on the previous regime so i'm feeling quite encouraged uh so yeah still many important issues for us to to uh, talk about ticket access away access kickoff times potential europeans i mean it never ends um so you know you if you want to try and prevent heinous things like that happen or get our message across in terms of what we need ticketing wise then you would you could do worse than join the supporters trust it's five quid to join a year uh, and as a member as i said you get a, you get a say on all of these things um we have an agm every year uh you can put forward motions in the agm and uh you uh, we then have an election we're in an election process now so i can't really say too much about what we do but uh, um yeah so make sure you vote for whoever you wish to um and of course you get a lovely chelsea supporters trust badge so there we go they're well worth having and it's well worth joining in uh chelsea supporters trust.com sign up today and while you're at it go and get yourself a cpo chelsea pitch owners share um about 100 quid or so uh and of course that means that we play football at stanford bridge forever and ever and ever and the name is protected do only only chelsea have this it's brilliant and uh, go to the club website search for chelsea pitch owners we will be back after a very short break and we'll be talking to my mate Sheridan Bird uh, about the uh, forthcoming AC Milan match. See you in a minute. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices – it's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. 
The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and uh, as always, I have the Lovely. I was pausing oh. because he looks so pathetic in his blankie there and his cock-warming <laughs> hot water bottle. The, the, he's not well man today. He's been to hospital today. Are, are you all right, JK? Yeah, I'm a bit under-energised. Yes. Thank you for caring. I thank do. You. I do. You were on great form last night in your triple denim outfit. Yeah, thank you. I've only got a T-shirt on at the moment. I know. I know. No trousers. Not bringing of course. Well, how, how else would your cock get warmed by the hot water bottle? Thank you. Yeah. Good to see you as always, old Bean. Lovely to be here. Good stuff. And we've also got the fantastic Dan Silver. Good evening, all. There we go. Now, I, I did warn you all before the break that we're going to talk about the uh, the Chelsea-AC Milan match, uh, which is kicking off on Wednesday. Now, um, we're going to have this. The Opposition View. Which, of course, is our Opposition View. Uh which is a bit of a misnomer this week because normally we get a, a, a you know an opposition fan on to talk about their club that we know nothing about. But I've, I'm I'm going about ten better than that because uh, as I said earlier on before the break, we have got the return of an old friend of mine, Mr. Sheridan Bird, who of course was on the first ever iteration of this Chelsea fancast some fourteen years and seven months ago. You've been on more recently than that, haven't you, Yoshezer? Good evening. I have, I have absolutely. I think it was maybe, maybe last year for high jinks with a blue tint. Mm. Now, um, you're you're actually in Milan, aren't you, at the moment? I am. I'm in Milan or Milan, uh, and uh, I'm in the belly of the beast of your next rival yeah. in two very important Champions League matches. Absolutely. Now, explain for the listener what it is you're doing in Italy, because I mean, I know what you do, but they won't know what you do, because you know you're doing really cool things. The stuff I can talk about legally is uh, one of my. You're not clients... talking about in your spare time, Shazza. I'm yes, talking about yes. professionally. Yes. Uh, yeah. One of my main clients are AC Milan. I'm their English language commentator, so I watch a lot of their matches, and uh, I should have a good knowledge of their squad. If I don't, I'd probably be um, neglecting my duty. So I hope I can give you some insight. But yeah, they're one of my main clients, AC Milan. So uh, I think I'm in a position to tell you what kind of situation they're in coming into the game who to look out for who to worry about and who maybe maybe uh Chelsea fans aren't too aware of yeah indeed and you're you're, you're still doing writing still football writing I am I'm still writing I write for the UEFA Champions League magazine uh, I remember many years ago a very scandalous semi-final when Barcelona won on away goals at Stamford Bridge it was the match in which Mikhail Balak, Didier Drogba, lost their rag. The next day, Chidji wrote me an SMS, because it wasn't WhatsApp back then, kids. Chidji wrote me an SMS saying, your bosses are, and the next word was a, quite a strong word. Did it rhyme with shunt? 
Well, shunts. Oh, yes. right. Okay. Or punts, bosses, punts even. Yeah, exactly. So I'll never forget <laughs> that. But I, I am not saying that for anyone who's listening. And I write for the new iteration of the Champions League magazine, which I'd like to plug, actually, because uh, it's called Champions Journal. And it's had lots of Chelsea in it, obviously, because they won the competition not so long ago. So they're, 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 my, they're the clients I write for. But yeah, commentary, my voice, commentary is exclusively with me. Lam. Lovely. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you for updating me. And it's lovely okay. to see that See you soon. I'm off now. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye, mate. Bye. Bye. See, actually, I'm Bye. thinking about this. Oh, you know, I remember, and this is completely tangential, but when we were doing the... When I, well, I did several shows at Love Sport, and one of them I did, I got you on to talk about it, uh, Italian football. And it was actually just as COVID was rampaging through... Italy before it got over here and I was very worried for you we ended up talking all about that rather than the football didn't we so things are all right out there now yeah everything's fine I thought you were going to say you did a show with me on uh your your previous uh station and it was one of the most popular shows you ever did and people were asking you who that guy was but you you didn't end up saying that so love sport was not that show I'm afraid yeah okay no everything's fine now we we still some of us still wear masks on public transport Mm. in closed spaces Mm. Everyone's fine. Um, we hope winter's coming though, yeah. and uh, you, you know people tend to stay indoors when it's cold. Because in the north of Italy, it does get freezing, it does. which not, not everyone knows. No. Uh, so yeah, we'll be indoors, huddling around uh, beverages and snacks, and that's when we, this is this is the road test really of of, uh, of the coronavirus. But fingers crossed, everybody. Cool. All right, mate. Well, I'm glad to see you're looking good. Right. Okay. Milan. Of course, Milan are you know massive, great, great history. I mean, you know, I remember the the Capello sides and uh, the wonderful Marcel Desai and all the, the Dutch masters that played for them. They've got a massive track record in European football, but they've, they have been in the mire for a while. I mean, I was amazed to see this. We were, when we were, when we found out who we had in the groups, a few at uh, the group a few weeks ago, I don't know why. I mean, this is actually, I'm getting a bit worried. I think I need to go and see a doctor because I did more research Sheridan and I actually couldn't believe it, but Chelsea were fifth in the UEFA rankings and Milan were lower than Salzburg. They were in the something like thirty fifth in the in the UEFA rankings. I was thinking, Christ, how did that happen? But they they have they had fallen a long way behind, and then last year they won Serie A. So, kind of, what happened to kind of get them back to the top of the tree in Italian football? Well, you're right. The, the, the coefficient they were they were eight years out of the Champions League, um, but they are after Real Madrid. They are the second most successful com- uh, team in the competition with seven trophies. So, as you say, they've got their history. They've got some great links with Chelsea that I'm sure we'll come to later. You mentioned one of them, Mr. Desai. Mm. Um, there are loads of others, some more random than others. Basically, what happened was, uh, at about 2011, the erstwhile president, Silvio Berlusconi, his family, his children, just said the, the, the pet project or the hobby of a club is just a waste of our money, which was actually his money. But, you know, his um, children said, you're just wasting the money. Let's uh, get out of football because... The way that it's going with these um, contracts, player power, um, you know, it's just uh, not not making sense. So he left, he sold up and the people he sold to originally uh, didn't have the backing or the financial power to make them strong again. Mismanagement of money, poor signings, disorganisation off the pitch. So it led to them sort of being in the wilderness for seven or eight years. But they've got back on track. Uh, They had some American owners and a hedge fund called Elliott a few years ago, who just looked at the club from top to bottom, like a consultant would, you know, and uh, got Paolo Maldini back in to be in charge of the, the the football area. And they've made some great signings, some young signings. They signed a young man called Fikayo Tomori, you might know. 
Vaguely, yeah, uh, vaguely heard of him. And he's an absolute revelation. So in the last two or three years, they've sorted it out, but it took a while. And there were many years lost of the mismanagement, poor spending, directionless um, approach. But they're back now. They won the league last year. And uh, and this season, they've started very, very well. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're currently fourth in Syria A, aren't they? And they've won five, drawn two, lost one. Um, I think they lost to Napoli, didn't they, at home? 3-2? Now, who, who, yeah, go on. No, no, I just wanted to do a, a, a silent wink. Yeah, you silently um, winked about that I'd actually done my homework. Uh, who's managing Napoli at the moment? Napoli or Milan? Napoli. Luciano Spalletti is in charge Spinetti. of Napoli. Yeah, that's right. So they're a pretty decent outfit. And they, they beat Liverpool, didn't they, of course, in the Champions League, I think. They, they, so, they, humi- they humiliated they, Yeah, they did. They, so they're not a bad side. So that, it, it's no disgrace to lose to Napoli is kind of what I'm saying. No, no, no. It was a smash and grab from Napoli. It was one of those things that was quite amusing, you know, apart from if you're a Milan fan, because it was uh, it was at San Siro mm. and Milan, Milan had the best of the match. But it happens in football. It happens to every club. Yeah. doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. They, it was a smash and grab from the south. Indeed. And they're, they're top of the uh, Champions League group after two. They won one and drawn one. Um, and we're bottom, of course, but more of that later. Um, so they're in pretty good form. I mean, you know, it was quite odd. When we found out about the UEFA ranking, I was very much kind of saying, well, you know, maybe they're not that good. And actually Salzburg are the team we need to worry about. But now we've managed to lose to Zagreb and draw at home to Salzburg. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pooping my panties about the fact that we've now got, you know, a possibly resurgent Milan over two legs in the next two weeks, which will undoubtedly uh, decide our fate in the Champions League. So what have we got to be worried about apart from everything? Well, I was going to give you the good news first, but if you want the Injuries, bad... Injuries, I mean, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the good news for Chelsea is that the, the back, both first-choice fullbacks are injured, which is a big deal. The, the club captain, Davide Calabria, who is uh, a, a really good solid right back who doesn't just attack he knows how to defend he's out for three months Teo Hernandez twin brother of uh, Bayern Munich's French defender um, Hernandez obviously also same name uh, he's injured too their goalkeeper Mike Mignon who will probably be taken over from Hugo Lloris after the World Cup he's injured too um, and not only the, the starting fullbacks injured but the entire the entire right wing is injured uh, including the reserves, it's not a great time to be talking about right wingers in Italy. Given the I was going to say, didn't situation. they just get elected, mate? Yeah, I was going to say, politically, right wingers everywhere. But the whole, um, all four players, if you consider the right winger, right fullback, and the reserves, their understudies are injured for for me, and so they will be reshuffling. And that I think could work in Chelsea's favour because it'll still be Tomori in the centre, who's been fantastic, leads the defence brilliantly. But they are weakened. They're severely weakened. And they're the people that are injured long-term anyway, like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, so it's a good time to be playing Milan. But Milan might say it's a good time to be playing Chelsea because you're finding your feet under under Graham Potter. Hmm. What do they What do they make of Potter out in uh, Italy? Or do they even know who he... Do they just think he's that bloke in the, uh, the wizard movies? Um, Dennis Potter, you're talking about. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't know too much about him, which I think is understandable. Uh, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but they, they're still trying to gather information about him, trying to find out what kind of pattern his Chelsea will play in. I mean, that's something I don't know. I mean, presumably you guys know. We don't either, mate, at the moment. But it's four at the back, isn't it? Has he returned to four at the back? Well, he played, he, he played three against Salzburg. 
Yeah. And he played, yeah. we think he played four against Palace. But it, 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 what I would say about Potter, and the boys will back me up on this probably better than I will, but uh, it's fluid. He, he, it, it, the, the formation changes throughout the game, right, JK, Dan? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what, quite that's quite modern. What does uh, what does what do Milan play? Do they play uh, a block and then bre- uh, a counter attacking football, or is it uh, do they Me- press badly? What, what, what well, that's the good thing. In, in opposite to what Chidge was saying about Chelsea under Potter with Milan, you know what they're going to do. It's it's four two three one. Um, normally, the the full fullbacks though, particularly Teo Hernandez, the French guy who I said the one that's injured, he flies forward but he won't be there. So they might be a bit more conservative uh, in their attack. But yeah, four in the defence, including Tomori. Uh, very fa- it's a very fast defence. They've got a French guy called Pierre Kalulu. He's very quick. Uh, and they basically, they have Leao on the uh, left wing, who I know Chelsea fans have been hearing about, who is a fantastic player. I personally think it's hard to know how good he is because we, we need to watch him a bit more in the Champions League. But it's a great stage for him tomorrow. In attack will be an, an old friend of yours from the uh, Europa League final a couple of years ago, Olivier Giroud. Oh, El Beardo. Yeah. And he, yes. I mean, he'll play, won't? I mean, this is the thing. I mean, they've got nine out, but how 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 deep is their squad depth? I mean, Oli will be playing, obviously. Yeah, it's basically it's basically the fullbacks and the the right the right the wide areas on the right. And the left fullback, so they'll still have a decent team. Central midfield, they got a very good young Italian player called Sandro Tonali, who's a midfield general who's is 22 or something, but he he plays like a veteran and looks uh, looks about 10 years older as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they have Leao on one side, they'll have um, Olivier Giroud up front, and there's a there's a young Belgian guy called Charles de Quetela who they've signed. Who they is a is the fantasista, the trequartista, what we call in the UK, the number ten role. So there is quality there. There is quality there. But um, and Sergio Dest is a, a player I forgot to mention who was at Barcelona. He was a, probably one of the poorest Barcelonas since uh, since nineteen ninety nine. But he's you know he's a flying you know ball, you know Barcelona style fullback. So they do they do have quality, but they're just not at full strength. All right. It's the, it's midfield, the ten you said what was his name again? The the, the Tonali. Tonali and Benasser. Benasser's uh, an Algerian playmaker, very agile, very, very, very skillful, quick. Very skillful, um, very creative. I would say he's not as creative. In, he's tidy and he finds solutions. He keeps the ball moving, but he doesn't make goals, you know. Mm. How good's the backup goalkeeper? Well, it's Chip, uh, Ciprian Tatarushanu who played for Manchester City. Well, the big Remember? name. The very big Romanian, yeah, yeah. and uh, and he's been out of action for a while, obviously because Menion's so good. So yeah. it's not great for Milan to have to chuck in another goalkeeper for such an important game. So yeah. um, he he knows what he's doing, you know, Tatarushano. He's not a complete um, novice. Mm, okay, yeah. how how have um, I mean I've heard I've heard uh, well I, I'm I'm just gonna be honest and tell, tell, I mean this is not you know being really connected. I was listening to Talk Sport last night and the. They don't have many good shows, but one that I love listening to is uh, is the Trans Euro Express because I like Danny Kelly and it if it, you know it's just a brilliant way to absorb a, a lot of what's going on in European football. And Andy Brasser was saying that uh, Ficayo Tomori is going down very, very, very well at Milan, and his his leadership qualities in particular are very much coming to the fore. And it sounds like we've we've lost what we we thought we had at the time, which is a real diamond. But is he really doing well out there? 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, big shout to Andy Brassel, top bloke, mm. and uh, most of what he says I agree with, apart from on music. We don't agree on all, <laughs> all the music, but it's not about that. Yeah, he, like, he likes headbanging music, doesn't he? I think. No, he like he likes all music, but occasionally, yeah, yeah, like I do, but occasionally yeah. he'll say something that's a bit out of order. But you, you uh, like uh, Kenny Rogers, mate? Don't lie. Kenny G. Kenny, Kenny G. G. I'm so so Kenny sorry. G, yeah. Yeah. Kenny G. Yeah. Um, no, basically, Tamori has been has been a revelation, but there's always the thing that we, in in England he was a kind of a good young defender, but Chelsea obviously weren't that worried about losing him or releasing him, which is. Fine, they had other options, but I think it shows the slight lack of quality and more than that speed in the Italian league that Tomori has been a revelation because someone that Chelsea felt was surplus to requirements, and it looks like Gareth Southgate does too, um, has has monstered the Italian league, which leads me to a, a wider point that when I covered the first Milan game in this year's Champions League against uh, Salzburg, for the first sort of hour of the game, you noticed how fast Salzburg were compared to your average team in Serie A that Milan faced. And Milan looked shell-shocked. And they got a draw, which was admirable. But you just notice how slow Serie A can be when they play against uh, the northern teams, you could say, or the middle European teams. Now, Chelsea are a quick team you know, when they're on song, or some elements are. So that's where I think they can get at this Milan side with the speed because the, the, the high rhythms just don't exist in Italian football. Occasionally you get a team that does it for a half a season. But uh, like I say, that's where maybe Chelsea can, can, can ruffle a few feathers if they can pull people out of position because there's great tactics in Serie A and there is great technique. I call it, you know, great players with great feet. But it's just not... It's, it's, at times it feels a bit slow motion, to be honest. Mm. And I think Chelsea and all the English clubs, for that matter... Can, can benefit from that. Okay, that's interesting because we're always moaning about how how slow and uh, backwards passing our midfield is, and largely because at the heart of the midfield is Jorginho, who, who of course the Italians love, don't they? Don't they? He, uh, he missed two penalties in qualifying, well, so they're not. So, but until that, that point, side, yeah, did. that side, yeah, yeah, no, no. They, well, the thing with Jorginho was at Napoli, he was incredible, and also with Chelsea, he did help you win the old. Um, well, two European trophies, didn't he? But uh, but yeah, it is. It's noticeably slower. It just is, and that's one of the reasons why Serie A struggles to compete. It's just because there are lots of stoppages in Italian football, and I can understand why people that don't necessarily watch it every weekend might be a bit frustrated. If you're flicking through your channels mm. on a Sunday and you see an Italian match, you will unfortunately notice that there are stoppages every ten seconds. Whereas in the Champions League, the referee doesn't shouldn't blow the whistle every uh, every few seconds and that sometimes can be a bit of a, a, a shock to the italian side right. and what are the reasons for the stoppages is i have to have a cappuccino injury? Mate. is it uh, yeah it's is fouls it... that aren't really fouls it's players getting a little nudge and um and just falling over right. or making the most of it you know unfortunately you know and i i uh say this is someone who earns part of their living from italian football but there is still too much um play acting yeah, theatricality. Mm, yeah, better word. Um, now, uh, Oliver Olivier Giroud is without doubt one of the most beautiful men in the world. Is he still looking beautiful? Is his hair coiffed and his beard sharp? His his hair is very well quiffed, and he's got the he's got the beard. He bleaches his hair from time to time. Oh. Uh, and um, I never found him that beautiful, to be honest. I always. Uh, you know, if, uh, if I, I don't know where we're going with this, but anyway, yes, uh, if you found him beautiful <laughs> back then, Chidge, 
he hasn't changed that much. He gets better. He's like you. He's a fine wine. He gets better with age. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was going to say, does he still cut it? By which I don't mean his hair. I mean, uh, actually playing football because he was, we were actually quite sorry to see him go because we felt that he could still do a job for us. And then, of course, we got that lump Lukaku and it all went very pear-shaped very quickly. But uh, can he still, can he, can he still do a job as a number nine? Well, that's the thing. In Serie A, he can. Yeah, in Serie slow. A, yeah. he does. Uh, last season, the Champions League, they they spent large passages of games just lumping it long to him. And he's good in the air, but he doesn't win every duel. So um, he is cutting it in Serie A. He scores lots of goals. They love him. Uh, he was a major part of them winning a title last year mm. for the first time since 2011. Mm. Uh, but in the Champions League, he might struggle against top central defenders. And I personally would class Koulibaly as a top central defender. Um, if he uh, plays. If, well, exactly. I don't know. I don't, do you, I don't know who, who Potter believes is duo are in the centre. I suppose Thiago Silva's a given. Yes. Thiago's a given. Um, Koulibaly hasn't, I mean, he looked really good in his first game for us. Then he cramped up after six minutes, 60 minutes. And well, he's six looked, minutes would be worrying. Yeah, that would be worrying, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sixty minutes, and he's looked a bit, bit crap since. I mean, he was absolutely culpable for a terribly bad goal to concede against. I can't remember whom now. Leeds. Oh, it was, it was it was Zagreb, wasn't it? He was, oh, it was bad against Leeds as well. So he got sent off. Oh, he it? got sent off against yeah. Leeds. Well, there you yeah. go again. It's like the the, the speed of Serie uh, of the Premier League. I know Zagreb's not the Premier League, but it's different. It's different. I think he'll come good. He's 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 good you player. know. Yeah, he'll come good. But that's the point about Giroud is basically that he does still cut it here. But the Champions League, without stating the obvious, I always say is, is like the best of the best of the best. And it'll be interesting to see what Giroud, um, Giroud can do against Chelsea's uh, centre-backs, whoever they may be. Indeed. Well, I, should... I like what I'm hearing, actually, Sheridan. I'm liking it because it sounds to me as if uh, uh, if we play reasonably and at a pace that is is uh, typical of a Premier League side, is we might, um, we might uh, shock uh, Milan. They might, yeah, well, they might be I able mean, to up with us. Well, presumably you guys, some of you or all of you were at the match against Juventus last season. Oh, yeah. 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 They couldn't live with you. They no. couldn't live with you for the same reasons. that It's just, it was 100 miles an hour in, in you were in their faces. I think Reese James scored an absolute corker. And and I and I was talking to some Italian friends and they were Juventus fans and they were saying that their fullback just killed our entire team. Um now, I don't think it'll be quite like that because it's a different Chelsea, isn't it? Yeah. So, but well, just it, Sheridan, to butt in very quickly, it's really funny you mentioned the Juve match. Um, that was the high watermark, apart from obviously winning the, the Champions League under Tuchel. But that, in terms of performances, that was the best performance under the Tuchel era. And we all left that game. I mean, I, I loved beating the... I loved, the, you know, kind of sticking one on the old lady, as it were. And... Uh, I left there thinking we were going to win the title, and then but Ben Chilwell got injured, and it all went to shit in every conceivable way from that point on. I remember I I, I was saying to my nephew around just before Christmas that Chelsea will win the league because he didn't believe yeah. me, yeah. and he was right not to believe me. Yeah. But uh, but then you had terrible injuries, yeah. and then you had the political situation, which is probably not worth dwelling on but yeah well, we had we had we had injuries we had because James and Lukaku were injured James was the more bit the bigger problem we had the whole 
shenanigans with Lukaku declaring his undying love for Inter that happened after that. We then had mm. COVID. We then had uh, cancellations to matches, which made the already ridiculous schedule that we had to play because of the World Club Cup even worse. And then we had the sanctions. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it might be it might be echoes of the Juventus match, but I don't think it'll be that convincing. But you just have to put your, uh, Milan under pressure. It's a make, makeshift fullback. So I don't know how good Chelsea are out wide in the Graham Potter era. But, um, is it, was it, is it right, right or left fullback? In what sense? You, well, we, we, the weakness is one of the fullbacks. No, they're but they're both no, they're both both, both first choice fullbacks are out. All right, well, both, we, both. well James James is down the right, so whoever's going That's to be a, playing there is up for a bad, a, a difficult game. Yeah. So and also on the right, um, although James, you know, that might work though. If James attacks too much, that might work for for Rafael Leal. So uh-huh. it's. It's an exciting tactical conundrum that, thankfully, I don't have to solve. <laughs> no, indeed. How, how do you think it's going to go then? What, what do you? I mean, you know, it's for me. It's got a one-one written all over it, or a nil-nil, because they're canny buggers, AC Milan, aren't they? They are. They are. But I just think Chelsea. What we were saying earlier about the speed, about the aggression. I think Chelsea drew. Are, sorry, I drew a great performance under Graham Potter. Um, he's been working with them now for what, four weeks, five weeks. I don't know, but um, I think Chelsea will win. It won't be like the Juventus match, which was basically it was an exhibition, or if you're a Juventus fan, it was an execution. Um, it won't be like that. But I back Chelsea to win, maybe maybe two one. Might be a bit edgy in the last five minutes, but uh, I think Chelsea should win. Mm, good stuff. Well, we're set for that, Dan. You got one more question? Very good question. Um... How's Lukaku doing at Inter? Oh yeah, good question. Well, he's 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 injured, so he's oh. in, he's working out in the gym. Uh, when he came back, he scored quite quickly, and again, it just showed the difference between Serie A defenses and Premier League defenses, which we wouldn't have said twenty years ago. Or if we would have, it would have been in the opposite direction. Yeah. But he got injured, and uh, maybe he got injured because the. Um, inactivity while he was at Chelsea. You know, yeah. his body his body had well, been. He should have run around a bit more then. Well, I mean, if I see him, I'll tell him that. But I might not, though, because he's quite big. I might tell him that you said that. No, I, I, do you know what, details. Sheridan? Sheridan, I, I would happily tell him to him in his face and then run away because he wouldn't be able to catch me up. Well, I mean, I've never seen you run, Chidge. So I've seen um, Lukaku r- not run. That's enough. Lukaku, yeah. well, it's like, well walked, Lukaku, well walked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he's been injured. When he gets back, he'll probably need a, a, a you know, because the larger players, centre forwards, need a bit of time to get back in the swing of things. So, but he'll start, I think he'll be banging them in again when he gets yeah. fit because Serie A suits him. Yeah. Serie A works for him. Before Indeed. we go, if you were thinking of um, uh, of bidding me off, which is fine, I'm sure you've got other things to talk no, no, about. No, 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 no. I wanted to remind you of the uh, the kind of, almost in a fun quiz style way, but the, the <laughs> Chelsea, the Chelsea, you'll be the judges and the listeners if it's fun, but the Chelsea and Milan connections because they go back to a, a, a okay. man that, there, there's one that you and Jimmy I often Greaves. talk. Jimmy Greaves. Ray Wilkins. Ray Wilkins. Ray Wilkins is the one that Chidge and I often talk about. Yeah, the, 19, 80, the 1986 World Cup and the referee. George Weir. Who? 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 What? George Weir, Ray Tullett. Yeah. You're, you're cheating. What are you reading it off? I'm not. I just yeah. know these players. Um, so do I. Yeah. How many are there together? Shevchenko. Oh, no, I haven't got the number. I just oh, got right, some, right. I've just got, got one name that you'll never get. Shevchenko. You'll get him, yeah. Sheva. 
Do you want to give us a clue? It's a very obscure no, one. No, it's a defender. Yes. With a, with, he played for Roma as well, and I can't remember his fucking Christian name. Panucci. Yeah, Panucci. Not him, though. It's, it is an Italian. But Ambrosio. It's, uh, no, it's that calibre. Oh, San Dallabona. Yeah, oh, man. We were talking that's about it. him, not the other yeah, week. He won the three from Chelsea, didn't he? Just yeah. yeah. Like, they, they went, they played for Atalanta for a bit, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, your, your, your old mate, Bakayoko. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's still knocking around. Was he as bad as uh, we thought he was when he played uh, for Milan? i tell you what it is with Bakayoko, is that aside from his spell at Monaco when he rose to prominence, no one knows what he is. Are you an attacking midfielder? Are you a defensive midfielder? Are you a player? I, I don't know what he is. Having oh, watched footballer. Him, well, he gets, you know, he's... Um, I, I watched him for Napoli. I watched him for a bit for Chelsea. I've watched him for Milan. I just I don't know what he is, and I can't remember far back the, the Monaco team that had a young Mbappe in it. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Con, he didn't he didn't stand out, but he obviously well, did something. Um, back I think Bernardo Silva was the one, the main midfield from that team, wasn't it? Yeah. Bernardo Silva was really good. But I think Bakayoko must have had some quality because he earned these big moves. But he does he rarely plays for Milan, and it's hard to know what he is because Gattuso at Napoli tried to play him in front of the defense and um, and at Milan as well because they were together at Milan. So, yeah be the man who takes the ball off the defenders and starts to move. But no, Bakayoko, Samuele Dalabon, now we've said him, Panucci, you've said him, Tomori, Giroud, um, we've probably forgotten a few. Oh, Shevchenko, but, uh, Desai. Yeah, Shevchenko, Desai, um, Desai was probably the one that's uh, adored by both sets of fans. I'd say. And Jimmy Hullet, Green, Rude Hullet as well. Rude Hullet uh, and Jimmy Greaves. And um, yeah, I think those are the, occasionally kind of one that everyone forgets sort of Pops out. Oh, Gonzalo Higuain. Oh, Higuain. No oh, way. Yeah. Uh, he was so rubbish when Sarri bought him uh, to try and rescue his job. He was awful. But he'd, he was a brilliant player when oh, he when he weighed Chris. about three stone less. So you know. He retired today. He announced his retirement. Did he really? Well. Yeah, yeah. At the end of this, uh, the American season. I don't know when. Isn't, that he, is. yeah, Chris, isn't he playing Chris for Beckham's side out in uh, in Miami? Yeah, he's playing yeah. for Beckham and Phil Neville's team. Yeah. He's he's got no hair. And he's got a big bushy beard. Yeah. I've got another one, Alan Crespo. Oh, how do we forget that? Absolutely. Yeah. That's awful. Absolutely. And the thing is, right, when when we all get back home, well, I'm at home now, but after the podcast is finished, we'll probably remember three or four yeah. more. Because um, that uh, Carlo Cudicini. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, so there you are. But there's plenty to look forward to. I think, I think to, to summarise, as I say, I think Chelsea will have too much for Milan. But uh, just keep an eye on Rafa, Rafael Leal because... He plays with a smile on his face. He's, he's one of those players who's really fast, and you think he's not going to have an end product, but he does. So, you know, he's he's top quality. Milan are desperate to keep hold of him, and if they do sell him in a few years, it'll be for big cash, the kind of cash that Jid earns. So, basically... Surely not that uh, little. <laughs> no, they Loose not, change, no. mate. Yeah, well, it's... um. No, he is, he's fantastic, and he's, he's going to keep whoever he's playing against, uh, Reese James, we think. He's going to keep him busy. Because he's been fantastic and um, he knows he's a hot property. Plays, as I say, plays with a smile on his face. So he has echoes of Ronaldinho, who also played at Milan. Less mm. famous as his stint with Barcelona. Mm. But um, yeah, keep an eye on Rafa Leal and um, Brian Glanville. I know Dave Chidge is a, is a mm. fan of Glanville. He's still as alive. I, as, as I am. I think he's, yeah, but he's very, he is aging. But he oh, always yeah. used to. They used to have the immutable law of the ex and Giroud, the ex-Chelsea player, you know, he might pop up with a cheeky-headed goal. Mm, I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, mate, it's it's beyond lovely speaking to you. I do miss our chats. We should we should. There's no excuse. Just because you're in Italy doesn't mean you're you're you know 
in the next universe. We should talk more often. Um, on that point, yeah. do you want to come back next Monday? Yeah, absolutely, and and chew the fact. Um, the reason we don't speak is the restraining order, but we, <laughs> we, but we can edit that part. It's all out. right. That that finishes soon, and I've told the lawyers not to renew it. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. No, enjoy the match, guys. And um, who Chelsea got at a weekend in the old Premier League? The Wolves. The Wolves. Diego Costa. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh god. No, really but I'd love to. Um, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, I'd love to come well, back next week. Next Monday, be interesting because we'd have had the game, so we can talk a little bit about what happened, and then we can see. Well, how's it going to pan out in Milan? Because it'll be all to play for, hopefully. So there we yeah, go. Yeah, because it'd just be lovely to see. And I don't know much about Potter's Chelsea, so I'd love to have a look at yeah. them. And see. Neither do we. Neither do we. No, exactly. <laughs> You know more than me, but yeah, no, it's lovely to speak to you guys. Yeah. I like the, I like the giant picture of Eden Hazard, by the way. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was at the club shop. I I always used to take pictures like that just because I thought, well, they won't be here for long, so I might as well keep. Yeah, them. well, that was probably his pump, wasn't it? As well, yeah. Eden Hazard. Let's be honest. He's lovely. But yeah, it, it, like I say, enjoy all the matches, we and we'll speak soon. Brilliant, Chesa, you've been an absolute star, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you week today. Well, all right, my pleasure. Enjoy Bye. the match. Take care, man. Ciao bella. Ciao bella. There we go. The absolutely brilliant, lovely Sheridan Bird, who's a football writer and broadcaster in uh, Milan and uh, does a very good job there, but a very old friend of mine. And it's absolutely lovely to see him. Uh, Great knowledge, too. Now, uh, we're going to have a quick break and then we're going to be much poorer version of what you've heard from Sheridan as we preview the uh, match (laughs) from the Chelsea perspective. We'll see you in a second. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and uh, I've got the lovely Jonathan Kidd with me. Hello. And uh, the equally lovely Dan Silver. Hello. There we go. And uh, we've just had the the wonderful Sheridan Bird on to talk about uh, Milan because we're playing them on Wednesday, and it's now our turn to uh, to talk about the game on Wednesday. And of course, it would not be a preview match or a preview of a match on the Chelsea Fancast without a Chidge team selection. And uh, I've gone a bit uh, a bit uh, left field this week because I've actually chosen the team that I want not the team that I think that Potter will pick. Uh, what I have done is I've kind of gone for a little bit of a Potter-esque formation. So I've actually gone 4-2-3-1. But there's a reason for that, which I'll explain in a minute. Um, so I've gone Kepper because I think Kepper warrants his place, even if Mendy's fit. Uh, four at the back, so as it was against Palace. Chilwell, uh, I, I'm presuming that Cucurella may not be fit. That's all I'm saying. But uh, on that basis, Chilwell... James left and right fullback. Uh, I think, in view of the fact that we're playing Milan, I've gone for Cooley Bally to partner Silver as a centre back, uh, on the basis that, as Chesa was saying, they will be a lot slower, and that might suit him. And of course, he'll know how to play against Milan. Uh, so there we go. That's why I've gone for Cooley Bally rather than Fafana. And then I've kind of gone for our, our. I mean, you know, call it what you will double pivot blah 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 doesn't matter but I've gone for Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek 
Not necessarily because I thought that J5's been stinking the place out, but he had a knock, so he's actually a doubt at the moment. Until we hear from Potter tomorrow, we won't know. But I've gone for Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek, because I think actually that will work quite well, one sitting, one going forward, and then alternating. But it also allows me to have three uh, more offensive players uh, beyond them. And I've gone I've gone for kind of Mount and Gallagher, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm pursuing with Mount, because, you know, form is uh, temporary, class is permanent. Gallagher, I think, really deserves to have a crack at it, to be honest. And then, you know, Sterling kind of in the middle, but floating, obviously, uh, with Aubameyang, the, the, the one-ish up front. So there we go. What do you think of that, JK? Um, with your also, log- sorry, just one thing. It also will match up what Milan do, which I didn't know at the time. So Yeah, it's always a good idea to match up. I never really think that's a good idea. I always think you should, you know, have your own... Uh strike out with your own dinghy you know um but um uh, to use a nautical uh, um metaphor um i don't know why um i thought you were well, going to say strike out with your own ding dong for a minute yeah yeah keep keeping the uh, the warming my my penis and the left left bollock <laughs> idea going um but um uh, your your logic with the cooler valley playing surely he should play Jorginho if uh, if it's that he's yeah, but Jorginho to. has a knock, so that's that's the no, other reason why I didn't pick him. But it, it, it makes sense that he will play Loftus Cheek because Loftus Cheek was immediately the go-to. So I agree. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays uh, Cucurella and uh, um, and Fofana with Silver and James. Um, and you mean you go uh, three at the back? Uh, no, no. I think he'll play the four, but he'll play. Um, uh, so it would be so. Chill, Kulibali out for Fana, Cucurella in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, just because I think I, I think he will be he'll be aware that Cucurella is if Cucurella because he was just sick, wasn't he? It wasn't a, an injury that he had, but he'll be working out at the moment whether he's he's fit enough. But maybe the case he's not. Um, uh, I think he'll play Ko- Kovacic and Loftus Cheek. Um, so who's not playing then if Gallagher sneaks in there? Havertz. So Havertz is out. Yeah, I think you could be very right. You could be right. But at the same time, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays Havertz, Sterling, uh, Mount and um, Aubameyang mm, again. Indeed, indeed. Dan? Uh, at four, I agree with you, Chidge. Midfield two, RFC and cover. I think he'll go Pulisic to exploit the weakness on the fullback. Havertz, Sterling and Aubameyang. I think he'll put Mount on the bench. Ooh. Mount and Gallagher on the bench. Yeah, I think I think Pulisic he might use Pulisic's pace to go at the dodgy fullback. Well, why not? I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I'm not ready to give up on Mount yet. I, I I'm not reading. No, 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 I'm not not reading uh, the Mixler, but I know Stick was saying this until he was blue in the face on Discord that Mount needs to be dropped. Um, I'm not. I re- don't think after the Palace performance, no. I thought. He- I don't I don't I don't think there's as much wrong with Mount as people think. I think he's by his own exceptional standards in the last two seasons he's been poor, but I still think he's been doing a decent enough job. I think his major thing, Chidge, is his inability to hit the target. Yeah, I know. It, which he did the other day brilliantly again for England. What a fucking great goal. No, great goal, but that's the kind of thing he should I be know. doing. He's not doing it. No, I totally agree with all of that. Uh, so there we go. It'd be interesting to see what happens. As I said, that's what I would pick, not not necessarily what uh, Harry Potter would pick. Um, so there you go. We will see, of course, tomorrow. Now, um, great thing about Milan. I mean, this is a. This, I'm very upset that I can't go, as you you all probably know by now, because I've bored you all stupid enough with it that I, I just cannot go to midweek games these days because I I have patience until eight and and seven on a Wednesday. And as it happens, I've got something going on until 
half nine on Wednesday, so I'm going to have to record the match and then watch it. But this is the kind of match that I would really love to go to. I mean, I, I, I loved that Juve match for obvious reasons. Great. I don't know what it is. It's probably because I grew up watching Golazzo on Channel 4. So yeah, and I just have a, a love of Italian football and these great sides in Milan were the greatest of all of the Italian sides I think because Juventus always stuck stunk the place out they were never winning the Champions League it was Milan who were the were the monsters of that as, as Sheridan was saying they're the second most trophied side in Europe uh, in the European Cup other than Real Madrid but we've got quite an interesting little uh, relationship with them too. I mean, obviously, we all remember. Oh, Dennis, why scored a fucking great goal? Obviously, that that was in 1999, and this is the thing that pisses me off about uh, Flash Score, J.K. Because they listed the last matches uh, that we played against AC Milan as obviously the uh, the nil nil draw at home and the one one draw in the San Siro uh, in '99, and then the last three or four were all ICC trophy, uh, matches, which is that stupid, wanky thing that they play in the States and try and, you know, set up as a proper comp. Yeah. 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 And I said, no, 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 surely not. We played AC Milan in the 60s in the Fairs Cup. And lo and behold, I go to uh, 11 versus 11, and we had the three matches, uh, which uh, you would have seen them all well you would have seen one of them because uh we beat them 2-1 in the Fairs cup in 66 you were there yes can you remember what happened uh, it was one on the toss of a coin was it really was that the 2-1 that was one on the toss of a coin yeah hmm okay i'm don't uh, i see now i need to have bound a friday open and i can't really do it in time but but we, we basically drew 1-1 with them in okay we played them in february 1966 this is makes no sense. But we played them in February 1966 on the 9th and we lost 2-1. We played them on the 16th of Feb in 1966 at home and we won 2-1. And then on the 2nd of March, we played them in Milan and we drew 1-1 and that was the one we must have lost on the toss of a coin. No, we won it on the toss of a coin. We won it on the toss of a coin. Yeah. That's right. Who did we play in the next round? Barcelona? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. In the semi-final, wasn't it? And they uh, they had a, a beam back at the bridge on screens, on uh, on really basic um, uh, tarpaulins. It was it was shown on, and we lost five nil. Yeah, and was... that, because that was another one that went to three matches, wasn't it? Yeah, because we drew with them in the first and the second leg, yeah. and then our asses basically fell out in the uh, in the in the third the third match i think we had a lot of injury i can't remember it i wasn't even i was barely born so what do i know i was told this by people like jk and tim rolls so there's a fair old about you know a bit of history uh history with the with the italians i've got to say and i i can't believe some of the stats i picked up in this you know i love a few stats when it comes to these games um we failed to qualify from just one of our previous 18 uh champions league groups um there are hmm under Rafa, wasn't it? It was, uh, yeah, after we won the Champions League. Because they changed it from goal difference to goal, something like yeah. head-to-head or something. We had a much better goal difference than head-to-head to out. Yeah, we had the highest number of points of anybody who's been eliminated at that stage, yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, We've had just six defeats across our last 32 Champions League uh, fixtures. Wow. Uh, so there we go. That's uh, something. And uh, 
we've uh, we've won without reply in six of our last eight com- competition matches here. Uh, AC Milan have qualified from 12 of their last group stage, 13 group stages, but of course they've not been in it for eight years, as Sheridan was saying. This is the one that worries me most. Chelsea have failed to win nine of their last 11 encounters with Italian opponents at any venue. I was amazed to see that. Uh, and then, then, then you read this one, which makes no sense after that. It says, not since March 2010 have Chelsea suffered defeat at home to Italian opposition in Europe, losing 1-0 to Jose Mourinho's Inter Milan, where they basically played rugby, if you remember. They cheated. They uh, cheated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we've gone eight games at uh, Stamford Bridge without defeat, but we've also failed to keep a clean sheet and as many matches in all competitions. Uh, Milan have gone eight away games without defeat. Uh, but they're rubbish in against English sides, and uh, that's also, and certainly in England, they've only won. I think the only one they've won uh, was against Man United in February two thousand and five. Uh, and other than that, they've come uh, coming away with seven draws and twelve defeats from their other nineteen trips to face English clubs in continental competition. So it's a bit of a bugger's muddle, really. Um, let's try and make some sense of it. I mean, it's interesting to hear what Sheridan was saying. I think clearly the injuries are going to be useful. Uh, I have to say, boys, you know, irrespective of the injuries being useful and Milan being slow and everything else, this is a match we've got to win, JK. Otherwise, I think we could well be saying sayonara to the Champions League. Yes. Yes, I think we have to. It would be nice to win the away away fixture as well. I think ideally Uh, we need to win both matches. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, But what's the likelihood of these, these... Two youths playing fullback to both play the best games they've ever played in their lives. And Giroud yeah. scoring a goal, nailed on. Yeah. Prime, prime Cafu and Prime Ashley Cole. Tamori, yeah. Tamori running everything in the back and clearing them off the line. And yeah. See, I, I would say it's must not lose. Really? Because, well, because you think that um, the. Uh, uh, who, who, oh God, Zagreb and. Um, who's that team? Salzburg. Yeah, they'll probably drop points off each other. Mm. So I think it's a game we can't lose. Must not lose, but we need to win. That makes sense. As long yeah. as we, listen, we, two points from Milan might be enough to get us through in our last two matches. What, what what worries me, Dan, is that I mean I know that we took uh, Juventus apart, but we were brilliant at the time. We were top of the league as well, if you remember. Yeah, we are nowhere near anywhere at half as good as that side at the moment. And for all that Sheridan said, you know. Italian sides usually are exactly as we said. They're very canny. They know how to dig out a draw, not lose. Very good, wild, experienced Champions League yeah. coach in Spalletti. Well, yeah. well, no, they've got it's uh, Stefano Palio or something like that. It's not oh, Spalletti. Napoli, is, so, yeah, uh, yeah. is Napoli? Sorry. I'm thinking Napoli. Yeah, I don't know much about him. We should have asked Cesar about him, really, shouldn't we? But yeah, yeah. I mean that's what yeah, worries me. I could, I could, I could. Sorry, I could see. I could see two draws home and away here, which is not going to do us any favors whatsoever. But then if we win our last two games, which is possible, yeah. listen, ideally you nine points that... to get through. Actually, be no, it's not enough. that will only be eight points. No, yeah, it won't it even be, be that. It'd be seven. It might be enough. Actually, depends no. Hang on. on, one, two, three. Yeah, it'd be nine points. Which could be enough. It depends on what happens with Salzburg yeah. doubleheader games as well. Mm. Listen, if it, as I say, not the worst in the world if we did just drop out European football together, given the hectic schedule we've got in the new year, and just give Potter. A bit more time to build his team. Yeah, I'm not so sure about well, that. I can't believe we're having this discussion about that because uh, you know we've got to be in the Champions League and still give him time to build his team. Yeah. We must. We must. I, I, 
I think we'll we'll get four points. I think we'll be we'll be at home and we'll probably get a draw away. Mm. My fear is that they'll uh, they get a goal up and then it's it's dark shut up. Yeah, shut shut shop. Yeah, shut, shut yeah. Yeah. yeah, that and is the boring. Bowling everywhere and uh, yeah. and the referee not being strong enough with them. Mm. I think European refs tend to be pretty good. They don't take much shit anymore. I think most of the European refs we've seen have been pretty decent the last couple of years. Mm. So not how many housery referees? They seem they seem to not like the histrionics anymore. So how, how do you see it going then tomorrow? Not not tomorrow. Sorry, Wednesday. I think we'll win two nil. Two nil. Mm. Okay, J.K. Um, I think we'll win two one. Okay. I really haven't got a clue. I've got a horrible feeling it'll be one all. But I mean, it could be anything. Who knows? I mean, I I I I don't know what you two both feel, but I I'm genuinely uh, encouraged by what Sheridan was saying. I mean, I knew they had nine out injured. Um, that's a lot to take account of, and I cannot believe that their their squad depth is is that good. But you know. Annoyingly, their good players seem to be fit. I mean, Leo is a is a real worry because he's supposed to be very good. And you've got the Giroud. I mean, on the on 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 the face of it, we should have no problem dealing with Giroud. We know what he's going to do. He'll be sat there on his own. He'll just try and have balls, you know, played up to his feet and turn people, or he'll try and head them on to somebody. And that's not hard to deal with if you've got good defenders. And Silver's a great defender. The Warriors layout. A worldie, of course, he might score. He is he cap- yeah, he's capable of a worldie. And the other thing is their first choice goalkeeper, that's always a bonus because they've got a, yeah. you know. Yeah, that Romanian He's, he's bloke. a very good goalkeeper. He's ex-Lille goalkeeper and he's a decent keeper. What, the uh, the one that's come in or the one that's injured? The one that's injured, Manu, yeah. whatever his name is. Yeah. The Leao is the is the big concern. I mean, he, you know, he, we're very interested in him. He's apparently very, very, very good. Um, he's, the people are raving about him over there. Uh, he's in the shop window he like is in the shop window too and it's us that, that are presumably one of the people who are going to be in for him um, I, I, if he if he comes in I think Sheridan was saying he's on the left isn't he so uh, that's Reese James's job to look after him yeah. tomorrow so that, uh, Wednesday I'm I mean that. I mean he kept a hard court didn't he so you know well I'm glad it, I'm glad it is James Reece, yeah. because he's consistently one of our best players so I mean the the, the interesting thing that Sheridan was saying is that that will cost us in terms of going forward if James has to keep him in his pocket we don't know how much Liao tracks back he's one of these like kind of temperamental wings doesn't like to defend oh, which James a, could get forward very good point so there you go yeah. it's an intriguing tie I'm very sad to be missing it no doubt you two are both going I'm missing it as well no way man yeah yeah because well I, I, my friend wanted to take his kid to a game for his birthday oh well that's fair uh, enough and it was a Champions League match I thought mm. yeah, you know fine mm. so he's um, so he's taking my two tickets JK, you're going. Who are you entertaining? I'm there. Uh, no, just me. Just you. Yeah, there we go. Well, look, have a good time, boys, and enjoy it. Um, and as I said, we'll. Uh, we, I, I do, I do, I do believe we're going to have to, we're going to have to win on Wednesday. I mean, obviously, we have to win any day, but particularly Wednesday, because I think it's going to be tough to qualify if we don't, in spite of what these lovely people have said. So there you go. Um, that is all we've got time for tonight. It's been hugely enjoyable, as it always is. Uh, JK and I are going to be back on Friday evening when the Right Reverend Tony Glover will be joining us. And, uh, of course, we'll be looking back at the Milan game and we'll be looking ahead to the uh, match on Saturday against the Wolves uh, with Diego Costa, rather worryingly, and, of course, a new manager, or not the old manager, which they've just sacked, which we all know what that means. But there we go. We'll address that issue on Friday, no doubt. Um 
if you were if, well i mean you know in a sense we did the kerry event um as a result of uh of of, of patreon and we do our q q a shows as a result of patreon so if you want to uh support us uh which would be lovely if you wanted to do that you can do do so by joining our patreon which uh the web address for which is uh patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast there's no i mean really I, I say this every week and i do mean it there is absolutely no pressure whatsoever join it don't join it i love you all the same donate as much or as little as you want i love you all the same if you do um uh you will automatically well it's not automatic you have to ask me but then i send you a link for our discord group which of course would be fabulous and uh i will also if you want one uh let you have a uh a kind of a replica of the kerry dixon uh, banner that adorns the Matthew Harding uh, upper stand, if you see what I mean. So, uh, so yeah, you could do that, and that'd be great. Uh, I'm dithering a bit because I'm looking for something which I shall reveal to you all in a minute. But uh, there you go. No emails tonight because we really just didn't have time. Too much to talk about football-wise. But I'll try and maybe swing them in on uh, on uh, Friday or maybe even uh, next Monday. But if you do want to send us an email and get it read out, uh, it's chelseafancast at gmail dot com course you can send anything to at chelsea fancast on instagram twitter facebook you name it now the reason i was uh dithering is because as you know as i've said innumerable times tonight we had a brilliant fun 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 time doing uh, a kerry dixon an, an event with kerry dixon and we had uh this is i was just absolutely brilliant this dan thorne who you may or may not know but dan uh he basically with russ saunders runs the uh, melbourne chelsea uh, group Chelsea supporters group and he came to the do last night having run the marathon the London marathon which was beyond nuts wasn't it boys I mean did you did I, I think you knew that because I said so at the time didn't I yeah yeah I did it that under, was... under five hours as well like four yeah. or something ridiculous I mean that's so just dedication just... brilliant dedication to come along absolutely yeah. brilliant now I know somewhere bloody hell Dan sent me the link to his charity that he was running for bugger if i can find it when i need to uh, but I'm, I'm desperately looking for it now uh but he's running for uh lung cancer i think and uh he did send me maybe he messaged it to me yeah i've got it here um asthma and lung uk money memory of uh terry cork yeah have you got a URL that we can give people so they can donate no i just went to his facebook page i'll see if i can find something on here and i'll send it over yeah, I mean, I'm bloody sure he gave me... I'm just going to have one more look to see if he messaged it to me because uh, you never know. Um, people do do that. And I should have, I should have, you know, prepared this earlier, Dan, and I'm a bit of a fuckwit, so I do apologise. I shall make amends next Friday and I'll certainly tweet it out as I promised you I would because I thought that was just brilliant to uh, to come to the do that we had last night straight from running a bloody marathon. You must be mad, mate, but there you go. And walking without any pain. And walking without any pain. He had quite a lot of Guinnesses, though, so I think that must have Probably helped. helped yeah. you know. Good to see him refueling in the correct manner yeah. as well. Right, there you go. I'll make amends on Friday, Dan, So, but it was brilliant and beautiful to see you as it was everybody else that turned up to the Kerry thing. Um, right, you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Dan at DanSilv73. <laughs> And uh, there we go. Dan's Dan's thinks he's been saved by the bell. He hasn't because we're not quite done yet. Dan's been great to see you, mate. As it always is on a, yeah, on a Monday. Yeah, great to be on. Thank you very much. Pleasure. We will see you soon before the phone goes off. That's not my phone, is it? No, no it's, it's, your phone. it's your phone. The house phone. Yes. Let's wait till it goes because I'm not going to compete with that. Two. Oh my god! Is it? Oh my god! Ah, oh, it's gone. <laughs> okay. 
Right, yeah. brilliant. Good to see you too, Dan, as always. JK, uh, lovely to see you. Get some rest with that arm of, or shoulder of yours. I'm going to, I'm going to go to bed now. Yeah, you do so. that, mate. Look after yourself, and I'll see you again on Friday. You will, Chidge. Good stuff. Enjoy the match on Wednesday. You lot enjoy the match on Wednesday too. Thank you for listening. See you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue and keep it carefree and keep it Chelsea. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.